Brain Buster Boys are brought to you by Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. You know, one thing uh, that um, was going on at Derby that kind of it was like a good conversation topic, but it got on my nerves. Was uh, like I was walking around in a t-shirt. Everyone's like, "What happened?" You know, and I had oh, to like, yeah. I had to tell the story about getting like hit by that car like multiple times, oh, probably. Oh, 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 like over ten, like maybe yeah. not twenty, but ten to fifteen. And you know, like in the beginning, it was like kind of fun to have to talk about, but then kind of as it wore on, I was just like, you know, man, like like I, I, my my despair is no longer entertaining to me. Well, that reminds me when I got in that car wreck on Thanksgiving yeah. last year. Oh, you had it to was, tell, yeah. Well, that was the day before my high school reunion. Yeah. Oh. So and I'm in pain. And, you yeah. know, you haven't seen these people forever. Hey, Jagger hitting you on the back. I'm like, please stop. I'm in a lot of pain. Yeah. I just got in a wreck yesterday. Yeah. And like, oh, everyone, oh how you doing? Not great, everyone. So, Not yeah, great. I, yeah, I feel your pain there for well, sure. Well, and like the one thing that like, I was like, oh, I got hit by a car in a bird scooter. And like, the thing is, you have to backtrack because everyone's like, what? 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 And, and what? I'm just like, no, no, I'm fine. Like, look at me. I like walked down yeah. to this fucking like block party. Like I'm drinking, you know, I'm standing here. I'm drinking, like I'm having a good time. Like I am okay. Like ascertain that from just me being here, you know, but, but, but no, like, and I think like people are, feel like they're being nice and reacting that way. You know, people are like, you know, like that's them acknowledging the potential severity of the situation and their outrage yeah. um, at you know that the fact that that even occurred and at, the, at, at a certain point i'm like yeah get your sympathy the fuck out of here yeah, yeah. at the end of the day everybody's fried anyway it is it is all right that's good Buster Boys, episode 65. We're now senior citizens. My name is Brett Jagger, along with Beaumont Rand. Where's my social security money? Hey, Grandpa. Yeah, yeah. And my what is it? It's medic, it's Medicaid, right? What 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 those old Medicaid, um, Meta, who cares? Yeah, and what those old people did. But now those those people are my parents. Hi, mom and dad. Um, I love you. But uh Are, are your parents, your parents, are, are they senior my, citizens? Uh, my, my dad is now. Uh, my mom okay. still has four years to go. Um, Both so. my parents were born in 59. Yeah, so my, I guess they're, they're just, they're a few years shy at this point. My dad's 57 and my mom is, my, 1957 and my mom is 19. Oh yeah, we celebrated that on our 57th episode, didn't we? We did, yeah, we did. <laughs> Yeah, how about that? Uh, well, hey, uh, big weekend for both of us here. Hence, another reason why we're delayed until. Uh, well, I guess this will really be coming yeah. out Tuesday morning. But uh, yeah. 
Big one for you down in Louisville, Kentucky, the riding of what was the 148th Kentucky yeah. Derby? Yes, it was 148. Um, 150 should be a big year. What, I, like, I've been like, yeah. like thinking like, oh, what, what happens when they have 150? Like, what is the thing? It's not like Bicentennial is 200, Centennial is 100. There's obviously some name for it. Um, yeah. Let us know on Twitter. But yes. uh, yeah, I don't uh, look it up. What was it? The second longest shot ever. Rich was it? Rich or Rich's strike? Uh, rich, rich strike. Rich, rich Just strike. Rich, rich, rich manager strike. Yeah, and rich uh, manager proper strike. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and uh, the uh, yeah eighty. I think eighty to one or eighty one to one. But anyway, yeah, so the second eighty to one. Yeah, the second biggest well. long shot. I wasn't betting this year. I spent my money on other things. You know, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't um, even watch it for the yeah. first time in a while because we were probably walking the bridge to get to the oh, yeah. impact show well, that day. Well, and I have like a you know now that I'm in my thirties, I have like a push pull relationship with it. Whereas last year we went to the big party, we dressed up. You know, yep. this year, like I had it in my head, like a month before I was like, I don't really want to dress up, not yep. really trying to go to the big party. I just want to wear my casual clothes and I just want to like have fun. You, you know? just want to wear your toxic Micah shirt. I, I did. Saw that's what you had on at I, least. What was it? Friday night? Friday, yeah, it was. It was on Friday. Saturday, I wore like socks and sandals. I was a bum. Man. Hell yeah. yeah. Um, but, but Compared no. to our sport coats last year and, and I had our, my bright green pants. And, 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 the, our, and the bolo ties I gave out to... And, um like like <laughs> smiley yeah <laughs> didn't you get his boutonnieres as well oh i got his boutonnieres yeah yeah oh my god i i went uh, well i went to kroger in the morning i remember and they didn't have them ready like i'd called him oh, i'd called right. around yeah. and they're like we don't have them ready i was like what do you mean you don't have them ready you know oh, well what uh other than uh the misery of having to tell everyone about getting hit by a bird or hit by a car on a bird scooter how was the rest of the weekend um well um, um whereas last um year was backloaded on the derby this was more of a throwback in my 20s um time where it was front loaded where because mm. in my 20s i was always like an oaks night person i would always just and for like, those uninitiated the oaks is the friday before the day, yeah it, which it, it, the female just you know pretty much Phillies. just as big of a party for the people living there you it know, is it's kind yeah. of a whole weekend thing it is it's less touristy it is also carried by one usa undercarriage i think that started oh. this year so the How undercarriage carries yeah. like the whole coverage of the Oaks. So they do have like, cause the Derby, a big part of the Derby coverage is all the special interest stories. Cause they're always like, what are people wearing? Here's this and famous person. Still Here's NBC, that. right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's still NBC. So yeah. And yeah. Peacock, I think is also Peacock's is also. Yeah. It's, they're all kind of, yeah, it's all one now kind of similar to like Turner it's and a tarp, HBO yeah. and turn. Yeah. It's its own tarp or undercarriage, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. The Peacock <laughs> pavilion. Um, but uh, anyways, um, yeah, uh, so like that that was fun, but uh, I would say this was probably like a, just a really great relaxing setup because um, I went to what's called Sherby, which I live on Alta Avenue, um, one street down, like I guess like the Highlands, it's hard to call it blocks, but one street down is some is a street called Sherwood, you know, Old Town Liquors where you can, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah that, that, that the street that's on is Sherwood, and if you go okay, all yeah, the way down, that. they typically have a block party. Now they haven't had it in the past two years because of COVID. So this year, like I kind of thought, I was like, oh, we're going to go and it's just going to be just a bunch of people out. But like they built like a big fucking stage, like a real stage with lights and a sound person. Or streets blocked off and shit. Oh yeah, yeah. Like like about half of Sherwood is blocked off. Nice. And and it was awesome because like 
me and my friend Zach just went down there and met up with some people. We saw RC down there. I oh, ran into, nice. I ran into RC and this was there. on Saturday on Derby Day? Oh, no, on Friday night. It's oh. Sherby is on okay. Oaks night. Yeah. So, so this uh, kicked it off for you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah th- th- this was the big centerpiece because we would like go down there and hang out and run into people. T- and then we would like come back to my place. We did it like multiple times. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just like a really nice setup. Like it was sort of like, you know, I got the feeling of like being out at a bar, but I could also like go back and it was like exactly what I was going for. Um, so yeah. much exactly what I was going for that I got like three hours of sleep uh, oh. <laughs> the, 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 the next day. And then, you know, Derby was, you know, pretty, you know, it took me a while to get going. You know, I went over to my cousins. There's some people over there and we watched the, the, the big race and uh, kind of ventured out for a little bit. But, you know, by the end of that, I had Mother's Day dinner the next day. So I was cashed. Um, I guess the big story of the weekend was I took a page out of uh, OMV Pell's book and uh, yeah, and I uh, took a bunch of ecstasy and uh, <laughs> got in a fight with a homeless guy outside of Churchill Downs. You may have heard. Oh about man! It. No, I'm just Sheesh. playing. I'm just playing. Yeah, that, that is a very Micah thing to do. Yeah, yeah. but but no, well, it, 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 it was a fun weekend. Like much more low key than last year um i guess or much less like formal derby thing last year but sure you know, sure it, yeah no it was what i was looking for and i'm sure like come come next year you know i'm gonna be ready to like put on you know my derby <laughs> outfit which is like right over here and get do dressed the same. to the yeah. nines to the nines to the nines. Mm-hmm. to the nines yeah so so yeah you know uh that, that's kind of how, how how i've approached it you know and like there have been years in the past where i've like gone to derby and oats and then oh, like yeah. the next year I'll just be like low key, you know. So it's uh I went a few years in a row, like infield status, and then yeah. it's like, all right, I've had enough. But uh yeah, good shit. Well, yeah. uh let me kick it back to Thursday real yeah. quick because we're going to Forbidden Door, baby. Yeah. Sunday, June 26th, uh in Chicago, first ever AEW New Japan joint show. Shout out to both High Five Tom and JCB from Band from Ringside for uh, putting in effort trying to get us tickets. I know JCB sat in the queue forever on Thursday when they all sold out and didn't get them. And then I'm like, oh, fuck, are we really not going to go to this? Tom ended up scooping StubHub tickets. And then actually they ended up putting a bunch back on like the official website later so there's actually still tickets like you can get them through aew site oh wow so 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 did they like catch scalpers or something yeah i guess but you know in that moment it's like oh man you know i even said to you because we had a group of five and you're Mm -hmm. obviously like not the biggest wrestling fan out of all of us sure yeah yeah comes down to it would you be willing to sit out oh yeah no i I, doesn't but i i I want that for you guys more than i want it for me (laughs) for sure but we were able to get our five together and i can't fucking wait it's gonna be awesome um yeah, I know the White Sox are in town that weekend. Maybe we could hit up a White Sox game. Yeah, on that, I, I, I've been to a White Sox game. I've seen I, w- I haven't been Sox. there since yeah. I was like a kid. So yeah. I've been oh. to Wrigley a million times as an adult, but not, I don't even know what the stadium's called. And TK, uh, uh, gar- Tim gar- King. Guaranteed rate field. Guaranteed rate field. Yeah, I, w- I went there when it was Comiskey. You know? Yeah, same. Yeah. And then it was U.S. Cellular. But mm-hmm. TK is a White Sox fan, so yeah. we'll hit him up. But, uh, sure. yeah, it's going to be an awesome weekend. And speaking of my weekend, uh, yeah, got it. to go to the second Impact show in two months, uh, about five minutes from my house, Newport, Kentucky, where Port- we – What venue is it? It's the Ovation Pavilion. So where oh, we saw wow. Beach House and Jungle. Um, and, you know, 
exact same type setup at, that they had at Promo West, or excuse me, what was it in Louisville? Paris Town Hall. Paris Town Hall, yeah. where, you know, basically you walk right in and, whoa, the ring's right there. Although this was not set up nearly as well. And so we were in like the same section we sat at, like basically right next to the ramp. Yeah. But we had to walk through an entire other section to get to our seats. And then one of our seats was like up against the wall because there's just not enough walking room. So basically Staves and Travis, like anytime someone behind us had to go, they had to get up. Yeah. So that was pretty annoying. But the show was amazing. And I think I saw probably the best match I've ever seen live which was, no shock, Tomohiro Ishii against Josh Alexander for the Impact World Championship. It was tremendous. Um, I mean, just to get to see Ishii live and that, like we were even, it was a little, we were a little closer for this one. Really? Too. It felt a little more compact. Yeah. Um, so like we were basically third row, but I'd say we were, you know, 10 feet closer to the ring than we were in Louisville. So right. uh yeah, it was just a fucking great time. Azar made it up, which didn't even realize. So what we're about to get to, the bulk of today's episode was he and I, similar to how we did at the end of last year, but breaking it up, talking about our favorite matches for the first trimester of this year. We recorded that last week, and I didn't even know he would he, he would be coming up here. And then he's like, oh, I might be able to make it. So you'll hear that on there. Um the Ishii Alexander match would definitely be in my top 15 in that list that you'll hear. Uh, but yeah, man, it was just a great experience. Got to finally meet yeah. Travis from the. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. Which How was awesome. Cool. Oh, great. I mean, just immediately just shooting the shit about stories. And uh, yeah, he was a fucking hoot. And Staves came. So it was, uh, we had a great time. What about uh, the guys you were. Uh... In for the, yeah. The, the, yeah 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 that, that, so we yeah. yeah ran into the the three people behind us from the louisville show who we talked about it was like a little kid and i don't know if it was a dad and grandpa you know it was like a kid and then a guy probably about our age and then an older guy no. so like i don't know what the relationship i mentioned i mentioned they're like you know the you know those russian dolls where you like take where like you, you open one up and there's a smaller one then you open that one up and there's a smaller one <laughs> yeah. that's what they remind me of yeah but anyway i was going to like or get a beer right before the show started and they were like standing behind one of the sections i'm like oh hey guys remember me and like, blah, blah, blah. i was like these refs are gonna have a slow count tonight you know whatever but uh it was pretty funny seeing them and uh yeah again just another great show impact still killing it um just great times and uh another very very fun uh you know, making cheers and all that shit. There are a lot of Ishii fans in the crowd, so mm. it was a it was a blast. Yes, uh, may end up getting more in depth with Travis. We may record something at some point. I don't know. That'd if be really cool. Show or ours sure. or whatever. But we talked about recording. And uh, one other just quick note before we get to the me and A's our conversation. And I guess it's not officially official, but I guess I'm going to be writing for the Sportster, which is like a yes, wrestling and UFC MMA website. Um, yeah, going to be doing some features. So I don't really know too much yet. I think I'm going to be doing like five articles a week. So that's going to be fun. I think I can kind of just pitch my own stories. Like, I don't think it's something oh, like yeah. they have a new, they have like a news team. So I'm not that. It's like part of the application like, is like I a freelance. Like, yeah. I had to give like three article ideas and then I had to flesh one of them into like a 250 word article. Okay. But then like, 
they're all like 700 to a thousand words. So gotcha. like, the like one a, I chose, Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say like a, like a, uh, like a SEO thing, like search yeah, engine and optimization. You, you actually stuff. Get, yeah. You'll get, you yeah. get paid more. Like, I guess if your articles get X number of views or whatever, right. which yeah. is really cool too. Yeah. Uh, but I figured I'll mention the one. Cause I talked about this with Azar. Uh, we talked a lot about stardom, which is the Japanese women's promotion. I know, I've mentioned to you before, but I've gotten really into it this what, year. What, was that the one with the where they did the schoolhouse fight? No, that's uh, Choco Pro. Okay, but, gotcha. uh, yeah, different promotion. But yeah. Becky Lynch recently had claimed that Raw has the best women's division in the world, and while WWE's is definitely better than AEW, ain't no one got shit on Stardom. So basically, the title of my article was "Dear Becky Lynch, Stardom is the best women's professional wrestling in the world." No, that's no, so, that's yeah, that's a good title. And we and Azar and I gush a lot about stardom in that. But anywho, um, yeah, fun weekend. And uh, likely this upcoming weekend, we're going to get to see our good friends Houndmouth, who we interviewed last fall um, in concert up here in Covington. So radical. That will be awesome. It's the end of their current tour that before they kind of take a month off. But uh, yeah, fun times. Uh, summer is around the corner. And uh, yeah, you got anything else before we... Uh, Get into the markiest of markdom marksmanship with me and Azar. All right, everybody. This is the Star Trek and Zwan Report. Woo! Edition ending Star Trek Picard season two, which I have, you know, after having about... um, Four days to process it is probably the worst season of television I've watched in years. <laughs> oh no! It is. It's such nonsense. This I don't is season know. two. You said season two. Oh, well, yeah. Well, I watched it because I'm thinking I'm like, oh, like you know, like they'll maybe learn lessons from season one, which was sort of just a big, weird, confusing, dark mess. And this one, you know, like while it started off with a simple time travel plot, which simple and time travel plot typically don't go hand in hand. No, it, it just it like I don't know. It just like was it also just continued to be like an off base, angry, like with people just out of character, um, you know, like, well, the, the whole crux of, of like the show was sort of about like what's Captain Picard's like big dark secret. And his big dark secret was that like. He blamed himself for his mom's suicide, but you don't really know like what impact it has on his character. And it was like, like, here, here's the frustrating thing about new track because it's like they, they, they go into it with the best of intentions. They go in and be like, yeah, we want to talk about um, immigration, which is the last one. But like, and so the immigrants in this time were like the robots, but like the way the show goes about it, it makes you hate the robots, you know, and this one in their attempt to depict mental illness they ended up, I think, like stereotype, you know, like like falling into like stereotypes of it. And I think like, you know, like this writing team is just uh, a bunch Would you of. Say, do they care one iota about mental health? Or I no? mean, they, they they I think they did, but they ended up, you know, getting negative iota. Like I saw it is May is mental health awareness. Month. It is not it the is. hijack, but yeah, it um, is. Yeah, it is. And, for those uh, who are struggling or need help, talk to people. Ask. Sure. Yeah. I, I did that for the first time this year. I've seen a therapist. I'm on medication. It's helped me a lot. Um, so don't be scared. Not for to sure. take this opportunity to hijack the Star Trek and Zwan report. But, you know, for the first time, I have a lot of personal 
you know, stuff with this and, uh, you know, don't be afraid to reach out to us, to no, anyone. Of course. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Back to, no, no, it's all, no, it's all, no, it's all good. I, I just, I, I just thought it, it's, it, it sort of just was a shame just because like, um, you know, like I, I just thought like, unfortunately, like it just was not like, it was just depicted in a very like blunt in, in like flat way. And, uh, you know, I just sort of came away disappointed because I kept like, I care about what happens to Captain Picard and that's why I ultimately watched that show. And, um, you know, it just, it like, like it, it just continues to like, let me down in like comprehensive ways, but there's this new <laughs> show called Star Trek, strange new worlds. That was like a, the premiere was like a seven out of 10. It's back to like classic Star Trek where it's, I did see like a preview or something for that. So yeah, it, it's pretty good. You know, it's just like this writing team, just like has all the elements there, but they just can't put it together. Like, it's just like, I, 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 like, I don't get like, it's like, I, I just don't get. Like, they need why. to hire you. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, I like for, for Picard season two. I a thousand percent think I could have done a better job. You know, um, based on what you're saying, I'm sure you could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I and then I feel like I have to watch because season three is going to be the last one because Patrick Stewart's like a hundred years old, and um, like they're bringing back the next generation cast, and I just have like I feel like now I have to see how exactly they're going to shit all over them. You know. <laughs> Because you yep. know that you know that they are, but uh, but no, yeah, um, but like like a rough week for Star Trek. Ultimately, net loss. Even though Strange New World was okay, <laughs> but 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 yeah, just just like you know, Star Trek has always been really good at dealing with like the like 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 if an, you, if they're going to do an episode about like mental health, like I just watched the TNG episode about Barkley, who's like a Starfleet officer with like social anxiety and stuff, and how that's depicted, like and how like his whole thing is like there's a thing called a hollow deck on the enterprise where you can go in there and you could create like a scenario and he creates these like fantasy escapist scenarios. And the whole episode's about him, like understanding that they're fantasies and like getting out of that and like facing reality and, and dealing with this problem. And like, it's a really good, you know, depiction of that. And like star Trek Picard is just like the complete. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it, it's, you know, I think it, it, it unfortunately um, like, promotes like negative stereotypes of, of, about that stuff so um to not get too dour like star trek picard um uh, it was, it was, a, it was a shame but let's move on to the better part of the star trek i was gonna Zwan say report. what do you got on zwan this let's time see. let's see actually so um we're moving to uh, out of the star trek and zwan report uh this time doing a little thing different you know like star okay. trek picard to the star trek and zwam report Oh, yes. wow. Zwam was a youth movement which emerged in Antananarivo, Madagascar, the Malagasy Republic, in 1972 to support the student protests against the rule of President Philibert Saranana. Na 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 na. Attention, listeners, are you ready to be blown away? You asked for it and they listened. Our friends at Manscaped have just relaunched the Ultra Smooth Package. It's back, baby! Your new favorite tool and complement to the Lawnmower 4.0 to keep your boys smooth while looking and feeling their best. <clears throat> this specialized groin shaving kit is here to help you buff, protect, and shave your most sensitive areas. It's time to crop that big old bush of yours and get the right root, get right to the roots with a discount just for you from Manscaped. 
get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the promo code BBB. Beaumont, tell them what's in the ultra smooth package, baby. Well, yeah, you're doing that over buff, protect, and shave. Not not in the reverse. But uh, the legends who introduced the electric ball hair trimmer are bringing back their razors so you can be set and trimmed front to back. Men! Just men. Not just men. You no longer have to borrow your lady's razor for that precise trim. Step one. Grab your handy lawnmower 4.0 and give your boys the classic trim to your liking to get the loose hairs out of the way. And then take out the Manscaped Ultra Smooth Package to make your package the perfect package this summer. I love the classic trim. Oh, I, lo- oh, I love the classic <laughs> trim. You know, it, it, it's just like what you tell your barber, but just, you know, between your legs. Step two, yeah. c- crop exfoliator. That sounds like something you use in a garden, but, you know, your pubic garden. Infused with ingredients that can soothe, clear, and keep the skin on and around your groin feeling refreshed, the crop, the crop exfoliator can reduce the risk of ingrown hairs in your delicate places. Step three, crop gel. See what you're shaving. See where you're shaving. <laughs> I hope you can see what you're shaving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's what the light for the lawnmower 4.0 is Absolutely. For. I was exactly, just going to exactly. say that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. See where you're shaving with our unique clear shaving gel just for the groin with four essential oils. Capital E, capital O. It's like a spa treatment every time you shave. Step four. Woo. Son of a bitch. It's time to shave. The crop shaver uh, was designated for shaving the groin area with confidence. Three precision blades, including extra rod lubricating strips and a pivoting head for the ultimate groin groomer experience. The crop shaver, first and foremost, is not your average razor. It's smaller, thicker, with a micro comb bar that allows for the best shave possible from any angle. Beach balls are meant to be smooth, and now yours can be. You ever play with a beach ball with hair on it? You ever play with one of those? It's a little weird. I would like to. All three of these vegan, cruelty-free, and sulfate-free products are included, so you know your manhood is in good hands and without social and ethical compromise. Uh, it's time to get up close and personal with the best tools for the job, the Ultra Smooth Package for Manscaped. So call us to action, Brett. Yes, one more time. Get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code BBB at manscaped.com. You know it. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code BBB at manscaped.com. Smooth out your fellas with the relaunched Ultra Smooth Package from the fellas at Manscaped. Now say it with me, Beaumont. Your balls will thank you. You. Danada. Your balls will thank you. Bye bye. Well, 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 it's that time of the year. The first trimester has ended. We wanted to do first quarter, but hey, it's a trimester. So we're going to talk about our favorite matches of the first four months of 2022, of which there are a lot. And we're going to get deep into some marksmanship here. So uh, who better to bring on than my good friend? And the second time in two in three weeks, Alex Azar. Welcome back. Are you ready for this, baby? Dude, I've been marking all day. I'm ready. <laughs> Uh, we've been waiting all year for this. Um, you know, obviously, this is now our second year kind of uh, fully uh, d- diving into the spreadsheet uh, where we're keeping track of all of our matches rated four stars plus from many, many different promotions. And uh, those promotions, I think, are growing this year as uh, we've definitely uh, dove in a lot more <laughs> this year to begin. 
Yeah, I'm, I just look at how, how many we've had, and I, like, I put that pace counter in there to see, like, a, are we watching just way more and way more variety than last year? And it's got to be a resounding yes. Yeah, I think it's a combo of we're watching more wrestling and promotions like Stardom especially and Noah, which we started getting into more last year, of course. Uh, you know, those are ones we've done more of a deep dive on. than for me personally, Impact. Uh, been watching a lot more of that than I ever have. So, you know, of course, wrestling is very, very healthy right now and uh, great, but also we're just watching more of it. And uh, I'll tell you what, it's been a been a fucking hell of a first four months of the year. Yeah, I it just amazes me. It, you, with we have what multiple fives, multiple four seven fives, and I think that you know we've talked like how to kind of run with the scale of this, and I was thinking about this earlier and want to tell you i feel like four is kind of that threshold that if it's someone's in the match that you know someone else likes you'd recommend it to them four two five is like hey i've I've heard of such and such person that you know maybe give it a shot four five is like you know i've I've tried the company before and would try another and you know there's what 10 matches that if you like wrestling it's like hey like you you got to see this it's been awesome easily are you still, are you going up four, seven, five, and five, or are those pretty much speak for themselves? <laughs> you, I mean, can't, I, you can't miss these. I, I think so. Like, I I know for the, for ones last year that I'd see the four, seven, five, one first, I'd, I know I'd usually text you or, or text Tom or something like, dude, you've got to see this when you get the chance. Yeah. And I think, you know, those that caught our end of year show last year where we did the full deep dive of the full year, which, ended up about three hours um you know i think we talked about hey you and i like we pretty much talk about this shit every day you're down in atlanta i'm in northern kentucky you're making the move to connecticut but we've been bonded by wrestling and uh we just fucking love it and uh we're here to talk all about it (laughs) yeah i i think the one thing is like on that is there again i know there's one of your top rated matches that still managed not to see yet and there's another one that you know, I know I have it rated pretty highly, but wasn't able to squeeze in a rewatch to yep. get ready for this. But it was just something that I remember being blown away with and you know, it sticks with you. So hell yeah. Well, let's that in mind. Let's get into it. And I'm going to start by talking about some of those numbers that you've kind of tracked in our spreadsheet. So total matches at, through, I guess we'll, we'll say through what, May 1st, I guess, May 2nd. Um, oh, shit. Before that. Before that, let's let's talk about May 1st. Let's talk about New Japan wrestling Dantaku at the PayPay Dome. Um, because, you know, I mentioned it briefly on our intro in the last episode. Obviously, we don't talk a ton of New Japan in depth on this show because Bo doesn't watch it. Um, but you do. And you said this was one of your favorite New Japan shows in years. Um, and I would agree. I think it's safe to say New Japan is back. Um, we got Jay White finally, finally back over in Japan as he's been catalyzing and pulling the strings from, a, from uh, the U.S. of A. We got Juice Robinson, your former boy, turncoating on Tanahashi joining the Bullet Club. We've got the Good Brothers back in the Bullet Club. I think Bullet Club's back, too. Um, and then not to mention just two incredible matches on the top main event um, Okada and Naito for somehow the third time this year. And then a match that you and I both had at five stars 
an incredible contest. First singles match in nearly five years between Hiroshi Tanahashi and Tomohiro Ishii for the vacant United States Championship. But tell us why uh, why you believe New Japan is back and why this was one of your favorite shows in some time. I, mean, I think the big thing is they've capitalized on the momentum that everybody had coming out of the cup. Like, I know that, you know, it seemed last year coming out of the G1 that, and definitely the year before that, you know, I'd be excited about everybody and then just didn't seem like they moved on to anything else. And here, I think Bullet Club finally got the spark that it, I feel like it hasn't really had as a a unit since Kenta got there. Like I've, For for the last, you know, almost two years at this point, it does kind of feel like I'm either telling you or thinking about telling you that, you know, they need to have Jay or Carl Fredericks or somebody just come in and implode Bullet Club. And now it does feel like there is, like even with all the House of Pancakes shenanigans, that, you know, there's there's a fire to it and a purpose that, hey, we're just a bunch of shitheads versus now, like, hey, we're here to take over because, you know, that's what that's we're what actually do. about. Yeah, and obviously kicking out, the OG Tama Tonga and then his brother Tangaloa who've been entrenched for, you know, nearly a decade, especially Tama. So that was kind of obviously a big step that happened in impact wrestling. And then now it's finally carried over to Japan. Um, So yeah, just excitement across the board, but um, yeah, beyond that, I mean, what other highlights of the show for you? I mean, you said it about the new Japan cup. I think that's when we kind of realize, okay, Things are turning a bit of a corner here. Um, you know, now we can get foreigners in. We've got multiple new people in the best of super juniors, which we'll talk about here in a minute, which that's exciting. But um, yeah, anything else specifically from this show that, you know, really kind of stood out to you? I think Ishimori turned in one of his better performances lately. Like all the shenanigans with him and El Fantasmo has definitely been funny. But I, again, you look back to that first year or so he was in New Japan and, you know, he was one of the best juniors. And I think, what was it, Rohit Raju saying that this guy's just a genius. Yeah, yeah. And you weren't seeing it in the same way. So I'm happy to see that. Like he had some, pulled some really cool counters on the Desperado. And then that juice turn was something that, again, I know I texted you because you'd already finished the show as soon as it happened. And, I was pissed, man. Like, I I got worked so hard by it, and it was just so long. Just thinking back, like, man, ever since Juice J at Long Beach, like he never continued his rise up for whatever reason, and here he is joining, seemingly, him. yeah, disappearing. But now he just turned on turned on everybody, and he worked us all with. I don't know if it was the Wrestling Observer or whatever interview he did recently, basically saying like. Yeah, I don't really, there's nothing really left I want to do in wrestling, and I don't know how much longer I'm going to be doing it, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but uh, clearly this had been part of the plan for a while, and, you know, you and I have been talking, you know, off air just amongst ourselves about how Juice, you know, we've always liked Juice, and he's hilarious and cuts awesome promos, and the few times he's been on commentary, he fucking kills it and needs a cigarette after matches, but you know, you and I have always liked the guy. Obviously, he's at a certain level and he's not really, you know, top heavyweight contender, but it's a good guy to have around. So it's, you know, kind of a bummer to hear, oh, he might be hanging it up. And, you know, he wouldn't necessarily fit in with AEW probably because the roster is just so big, but happy to see Juice back. But uh, yeah, fuck that guy for turning on us all. 
That's a shame, man. And then uh, what else? I thought that three-way tag match and it, it was it, it was, was interesting to watch. I yeah, I, I don't think it's a must-see, but you know, I the was... guys in the match definitely like did well because I if you're watching if, if you're gonna watch a big chunk of the show, give it a go. But yeah, I was sad to see Ocon and Cobb drop the titles that quickly, but. Clearly, they're building up Bullet Club huge. You mentioned Ishimori. He did take the junior title off El Desperado, which I was sad to see. But again, it makes sense. And, you know, Evil did drop the never open weight title, which kind of gets lost to Tama Tonga. And I believe the match has already been set with Tama and Carl Anderson, which should be fun because I know there's been a lot of Twitter shit talk going on between those two for a long time. And then they were the ones that actually turned on the Gorillas of Destiny and Impact. So that should be great. Um, and then Okada and Jay officially announced we'd been talking for Dominion. We'd been talking, well, it's got to be a big match for Dominion. I think we'd said Jay at some point, but probably not thinking this was going to happen. We talked about Obushi maybe coming back, but... Hell, it's great. It's awesome. We get Jay Okada. The, you know, that rivalry is stiff. And uh, here, do you think, you know, you and I have been talking a lot, thinking Okada would kind of keep the belt this whole year and carry it into Wrestle Kingdom. But with them strapping the rocket to Bullet Club right now, do you think Jay takes it from him? I mean, my initial thought was no. And because I know, like, I've talked to you how the whole – They've definitely presented the J run in the United States as him kind of taking it easy. And, you know, as much as like the Motor City Machine Gun guys are mentors to him. So in storyline, it makes sense for them to be competitive. Him dropping that match to Saban was something that's like, you're telling me this guy's going to, you know, come back to Japan after that and not, you know, prove that he is laser focused and ready to go. You know, he's going to get wrecked by the likes of Osprey, by Nabushi, by Cobb. You know, these guys that, you know, are over there fighting top competition. So I there's that. There's also, like, you think back to AJ winning the title. I was going to say. showed up, and there was shenanigans. So. Bullet Club is back. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, they could easily, you know, New Japan typically doesn't do shenanigans a lot in world title matches, but – it has happened to Okada a couple times, that one being a case, Naito in 2016 when Sonata debuted. Yeah. So certainly possible. And, hey, let's not forget, I don't know if you watched it, but Jay did beat Saban on New Japan Strong, so he did avenge that loss. Even though it was technically taped before the other one, it, <laughs> it aired thereafter. And I went 4-2-5 on both of those. I thought they were great. And just sticking on Jay real quick, then we'll get the best of Super Juniors and then the list. But – you know, last year, you know, he's obviously been one of our guys. We love Jay, you know, incredible heel. Um, he's definitely won us over. We've been missing him in Japan. We were sad last year that, you know, he just didn't make a much of an impact. But I want to say this year for me personally, because I've been watching a lot more impact, went to one of the shows, like, I feel like he has been making a bigger impact this year, you know, and they've, you know, New Japan had started saying, He's pulling the strings from afar and he's got this catalyst roll down. So I'm just happy to see him back on top. And frankly, I kind of do want him to see it, want to see him take the title from Okada just because, you know, he's going to be a huge prick about it and <laughs> it'll be fun. I mean, I, I think I, I know like we've talked about it. It's something that because the guy is such a good talk talker, because the guy is such a, you know, schemer and shenanigans, 
you know, mastermind that, you know, it is like what seeing everything come together at Don Taku is like, all right, this guy's actually been putting his money where his mouth is in that regard. And he's mm-hmm. been like, it, like it was, or like after uh, when, or when everybody turned on Tama during uh, what was it? New Japan cup mm-hmm. or like the rest of bullet club. Like yeah, it was yeah, something yeah. that I, again, just kind of lent credence to like, you know, I think everybody knew Tama wasn't coming out ahead, but the way they pulled it off was just, you know, everybody, you know, like from guys that Tama had turned on, like Chase and Yujiro, mm-hmm. to guys that Tama brought in, like Ishimori, to Fale himself, that, you know, Giotto and his brother were the only ones that, you know, didn't, you know, n- turn on him. I think it's just masterfully done. Just yeah, reaffirmed Jay in storyline is just being – the scumbag of all of them yeah i love it um yeah it's exciting but uh let's just quickly mention the best of super juniors at least the new blood that's in let's see in the a block clark connor's making his first debut ace austin alex zane and francesco akira who i've never seen before i know he's the new member of united empire but i've heard good things um and then in the b block let me see here. Why is okay? We have Teton, who's been there before, but it's been a few years from AAA. L. Lindemann, which is exciting from the Glade promotion. Of course, Wheeler Yuta, incredibly exciting. I mean, you and I have talked for feels like two years about let's get some of these guys from AEW over in the best of the Super Juniors. So we only get one, but we get the one that's a rising star. So that's going to be awesome. And then lastly, TJP, who's been, you know, involved in New Japan Strong a lot, also in the United Empire, but he's not been in a best of Super Juniors. So uh, what are your thoughts on the new blood here? It's exciting. I mean, I, again, I, you know, wish this could have happened two years ago, like COVID or not, just because they definitely needed some fresh faces. And for sure, you know, I've, I've seen more than a match or two out of maybe half those guys. Like I've seen some Connors, I think just because he was in WWE, TJP. Yeah, been around. Wheeler's definitely turning heads. So, you know, even if, you know, someone like Jungle Boy or the Dark Order guys can't make it over, it's somebody that, like, he's like, it's just the perfect time that he can go over there. And no doubt. You can just, you know, hopefully they present it on Dynamite is like, a, like, hey, you know, he's going to Japan to compete in this big competition. And even if he goes like three and six, you don't need to bring up what his record is. You can just say, hey, I was the only one that got an invite to this. Yeah. I think he'll do pretty well though. I think he'll finish maybe above five, maybe five and four. Cause again, his star is rising. There is now for sure a working relationship with AEW and new Japan. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And then, so guys like Alex Zane and Alex, uh, or fuck, what is it up here? Gosh, darn. Ace, Austin. Ace Austin. Sorry. Yeah. So Ace Austin, I've now seen a handful of times in Impact, and he's great. Uh, you know, been a lot of, like, multi-man matches I've seen him in, but I feel like he's going to be great. And then Zane, who I didn't know is from Lexington, Kentucky, actually. I'd never seen him until um, the Ring of Honor – shit. The Ring of Honor um, Supercard of Honor show um, earlier this year. So um, – and he fought Swerve, and that was a pretty good match too. So – yeah, this uh, this should be a lot of fun indeed. Yeah, I I know if we we've never really like tried to pick a best of Super Juniors, and we probably watched what 
a quarter of the matches at most the last two years. Yeah, last year I definitely didn't watch nearly as much. Um, 2020, I felt like I watched a little more, but okay. yeah. not 2019, obviously, was the last time I was like fully invested in it. I mean, we'll see. I'm probably not in position to, that I'm looking to make the uh, the pick'em thing like I did for the G1, but I know people on Reddit managed to get those up, so might try and guess it because – I feel like the only thing we know is that Hiromu is probably not winning after getting three of the last four. Yeah, and two straight, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I would think that he doesn't. I mean, obviously, he is the ace of the division. I mean, Desperado could be making a claim to that recently, but, yeah, I mean, he's had his times. I mean, maybe he sneaks into another final, but even then, like, I'd like to see a couple couple new people in it. And, yeah, I haven't really thought about or looked ahead to, th- you know, make any predictions yet, but I'm definitely going to be trying to watch a good amount of it, especially while uh, I still don't have a full-time job, so I'll st- I should be able to have the time to crush a bunch of this. But, uh, yeah, it's just, again, it's exciting. It's all exciting. I mean, New Japan, you and I, like, ever since we really started diving into it in 2017, you know, it's been the best in the world. And then since COVID, you know, the booking definitely took a hit and just the continuity and missing guys. But as we said, they were still putting on the best matches in the world. You know, I think no question, but uh, it's just good. Uh, good to have it back. Yeah. I, I got nothing else on that, man. Just ready to see some new blood in there. Hell yeah. All right, Azar. Well, let's dig into the numbers here. So through, I guess, May 1st, we're saying um, I have 145 matches at four stars or higher, which is ridiculous because I think I had 283 all of last year or something in that range. So that tells you the trajectory I'm on. You are at 110, so a little behind, but, you know, not too far out of the range. I feel like <laughs> I I feel like I flew ahead of you WrestleMania weekend because I watched, you know, the Ring of Honor show, the Impact show. And that's kind of when I just started getting into it more. And obviously you've been in school and had shit going on, but uh, we've both been pretty prolific with our watching this year. Um, but then even further, I have five five-star matches. You have three. I have 15, 4, and 4.75. You have 9. I have 4.5, 31. You have 29. 4, 2, 5. I, here's where I really take advantage. 43 to 27. And then 4 stars. I have 51 to your 42. A robust total of 622.5 stars given out by me thus far. And you, 471. And you have made our, uh, you have, uh, you've done some Excel magic and you've got our pace in here. So I am on pace to have 434 matches, significantly above my clip last year. You at 329. And then total stars, me at 1,862, which a few times this year I've been over 2,000 pace and I've, <laughs> made you aware of that when it happened and then you at 1409 so uh yeah we've been watching a lot of fucking wrestling huh buddy yeah i i know as you were rattling those off i switched <laughs> over to the uh 2021 and i was at uh 240 total matches and i mean even if you take out just the fours that's you know well over you know 100 that you know, i would say were really good matches so I, 
Yeah. I think we've been doing something right on that front. <laughs> and that doesn't even include all the, you know, I'd say we both have somewhere in the 20s range, what we call honorable mention matches, whether those be, you know, high 3.75 matches or just for whatever reason, matches that stick out to us. So we kind of track those too, because uh, you know what, we're a little crazy. Dude, don't forget the 10 star match between Yano and Kanamari with the drinking oh contest. God, but that was last year, unfortunately, though. But <laughs> I will definitely, I can't remember if we mentioned this on the show, but we definitely have to review that one with Micah, that, that drunk. <laughs> It'll be your I just hope they run it back this year. I know. Micah's going to be, you'll be up in his uh, territory here soon. Man. Maybe I heard he hates wrestling, though. Yeah, he does hate wrestling, but maybe you could teach him a thing or two. Um, so that just to clarify, our scoring here begins, I guess, December 29th of 2021, because we wanted to pick up where we left off last year's list, which I think we recorded on, what, December 26th or 27th. And then specifically, there was a big stardom show on the 29th that included the rematch of Shuri and Yutami Hayashishta, which uh, was a famous epic match that we discussed last year. Dave Meltzer gave five and a half stars. So we wanted to include that. And, uh, you know, that is definitely on both of our lists. And, you know, let's just say it stardom has been fucking crushing it this year. And I think with all the shows we've watched, which has been what, probably four or so, like they're right up there just as good as anything we've been seeing all year. I'm not, I think I told you around revolution that, or maybe it was before, before then, but that, that, that stardom show from the 29th of December was, you know, on pace to be as good as anything this year. I think revolution managed to, surpass that because that was an all-time great but yeah. just some amazing shows that got some women that can really go and put on some cool matches and you know the fresh matchups to us so like there's no you know kind of bias or being jaded going in that you know oh we're seeing something that's already happened for sure yeah and like obviously most of what we see is in japanese commentary and you know we're not following this stuff super duper deep, but obviously we've watched enough now that I think we've got ideas on who's good and, you know, some general storyline stuff similar to Noah. When we come in in the cold, it's kind of like we're watching these for great matches, little less the story, but when you can kind of connect to the story and like Shuri and Julia, you know, used to both be in the Donna Del Mondo faction and now Shuri's got her God's eye faction. They've kind of broken apart. So like, I'm aware of that. And then like Momo Wantanabe and Starlight Kid turned heel at the beginning of the year, you know, so picking stuff up because, yeah, it's just awesome. And, you know, you'll definitely be hearing about a little stardom uh, today. That's for sure. I think it's safe to say that we still don't get Noah and aren't getting any closer to really figuring it out. But maybe that's part of the charm. No doubt. No doubt. So, hey, we're going to approach this. Um, I have a top 25 for thus far and a top 10 AEW and then you have a top a firm top 10 that you've ranked and then you have what 10 other matches that you've kind of said here are the next 10 but you know didn't really necessarily couldn't rank them yet yeah I'd say I'm I'm dragged it out to 15 because I was just over so I've yeah yeah some of these have been pretty cool so I'm okay so you also have yeah so you have 25 total matches as well then yeah 
Okay, cool. Well, then let's just do we want to go groups of five? Like I'll say 21 to 25, and then we talk those and alternate, or do we going to go one by one? We, I, I like your groups of five, and then okay. maybe we can go groups of two or three when we get to the top 10 or so. Cool. And like, for example, I know one of mine in my 21 to 25 is going to be pretty high on yours. So we can kind of save the conversation maybe for whoever has it rated higher. So let's get right into it. I will start 25, a bit of a sentimental pick, uh, but had to squeeze it in there was Jay White versus Alex Shelley at Impact Sacrifice because I was in attendance. To be honest, I was starting all the cheers. It was awesome. Um, and, you know, we, I've talked about it on the show before, but just being that close to Jay White, you know, a guy we've loved for so many years and he's six feet in front of my face and then just the <laughs> crowd was so excited and the match was amazing and, you know, we're 10 feet from the ring. Um, you know, I gave it a rewatch that even on the rewatch, I could still, you know, you can kind of see me in the background if you know where you're looking, just jumping up and down like a madman at times. But uh, yeah, absolutely loved that one. I guess I should just say my five and then talk about them. So 24, I don't think you've seen John Moxley versus Will Ospreay from Windy City Riot, New Japan. 23, Will Ospreay versus Michael Oku, Rev Pro High Stakes from January 29th. Number 22, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Kenta, Wrestle Kingdom Night 2, um, January 5th, no disqualification match. And then 21, which this is the one I know you're going to have higher, Keno versus Kaito Kiyomiya from NOAA, the new year on January 1st for the GHC National Championship. So um, I talked about 25 already. 24, you have not seen Moxley Osprey, right? No, I have not caught the Windy City Riot yet. Okay. Um, great match. Bit of a weird ending. And another thing, you could clearly hear and see them calling spots on TV, which kind of stunk, but it didn't really take me out of it. Like, the match was awesome. But that's just – like, new. we've talked about it before, but New Japan Strong or the New Japan American shows, their production isn't quite as good as it is in Japan, and I think that's an opportunity area for them. But – yeah, you know, and maybe it was the fact that Osprey and Mox had worked together before, but it, you can definitely sense some clear communication, which, you know, normally those guys are pretty good at hiding it. But you're going to love the match, obviously. So uh, 23, Will Osprey, Michael Oku, you and I watched together on a Zoom. Um, I think I had it a little higher than you, but just, a you know, a crazy match that one was. You know, a ton of near falls, insane counters, insane moves. Uh, Michael Oku, a guy we've only seen a handful of times from Rev Pro, but um, I think you had it at four and a half stars, right? I had it at four, seven, five, but you know, another damn good match. Yeah, I just think the ending on that with him hitting all the hidden blades and just rubbing it in was something that yeah. was rare, rarely seen finish. And again, just keeps Osprey cemented as a bad guy because the quality of his work has been so good that like I'm kind of becoming a fan. Was yeah. like, no, like, all the guys, oh, I guy, should be rooting but, against this guy every single chance I get. But yeah, he's just so good. And that was, you know, you and I watched, what was it? The uh, 2016 or 2017, 2016 best of super junior final between he and Kushida. So young Osprey, probably 40 pounds lighter Osprey. I'd seen the match once and we were just fucking blown away. We're like, God damn it. Yeah, this guy just really is so good. It always has been. And yeah, you're going to hear him. That covers it, man. Yeah, like, he, he, yeah, he looks like he ate a younger version of himself at this point. 
we'll leave it at that. Yeah. And yeah. you know, you're going to hear his name a lot on this already twice from me. So 22 Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Kenta. We were just talking about this off air. Another one I kind of had much higher than you. Um, I just was so locked into Tanahashi. You know, he's never really in that type of environment and no DQ. Kenta was pushing all of his buttons. They had the callback with the old U.S. heavyweight briefcase, which I loved, which Kenta famously cracked over Tanahashi's head and he would carry it out with a dent in it. Um, and just like seeing Tanahashi like work through this and having to succumb to, you know, using weapons and things like that was just so interesting to me. And then at the time when he did the high fly flow through the ladder, off the ladder, through the table, to me, from what I can recall, that was maybe the loudest like crowd gasp in the COVID era. Um, so, yeah, I just fucking love that one. I will say I, I, I didn't like it as much as you did, but it did kind of take me back to this. I think we might have talked about it once. It was Tanahashi versus this guy Murakami. From okay. like 02 or 04, like way back when he was young. And it's an empty arena, like Hell in a Cell style cage match. And it's just the most untanahash, like not because it's a weapons match, but because this guy he's having the match with Murakami is much more of an MMA guy. And it's very just stiff and mm -hmm. like even wilder than Shibata ever was, like just crazy. There's blood. This one dude like breaks in the cage to also beat up Tanahashi. Just it's like the antithesis of what we know of this guy. So like, it is, it definitely is interesting to see him out of the element. But again, like we saw recently against Ishii, I think I know where we like to see him best. Yeah, for sure. But again, it was just a, such a unique scenario for him. And he and Kenta, of course, had a history and at Wrestle Kingdom and. Yeah, I loved it. Um, and then Keno Kaito, we can hold off on that until we get to it on yours because uh, I'm sure we'll have – and that's one I've still only seen once, so I'll kind of let you take the reins on that. But uh, why don't you give me your kind of first five from your group of 15 here? All right, I'll, I'll start with uh, ones from the New Japan Cup and just reel off that, those five that that uh, – that, uh, are sort of the best of the rest here. So night one, Okada Desperado. I think you probably touched on it on, <laughs> on here recently and just how you were blown away by it. Some really cool counters by Desperado. This was a really fresh feeling Okada match. Like obviously oh, yeah. he never had a match with Desperado like this, but just very unique among Okada matches recently. That one's going to be very high on my list, so I'll kind of hold my <laughs> thoughts. As you know, I loved it. Uh, great Ocon, Zack Sabre Jr. was just something that, for whatever it was, it just clicked for me. I know it wasn't super highly rated by a lot of people, but I guess Kino had shades of some of the better ZSJ matches of late or the Great Ocon Ibushi match from the G1. Oh, yeah. And their uh, match in the G1. You know, Zach and Great Ocon had a good one as well. Yeah. I mean, we, we yeah, love the, the Great Ocon. Yeah, we love the Great Ocon here. Yeah. Next, Hiromu and Shingo from Cup Night 13. Yep. Again, matchup between two guys in the same stable. So, credit to New Japan and, you know, having, you know, protecting matchups that way. So, when it does happen, you know, it's it's pretty special. Next is Okada Naito from Cup Night 14. 
always happy to see Naito manage to pull one out because the way these matches always build, it does feel like Naito, you know, is just on his last shot against Okada. Like going back to it seemed like Wrestle Kingdom 12, like, you know, now or never, he doesn't do it, manages to pull it off eventually. And just again, cool seeing that. I'm really happy to see my guy Naito win. Hell yeah. And then the last one from the cup is the final with the which was the Naito ZSJ. And I think I don't know if you want to touch on it more later, but I think again, just seeing Naito get kind of out outthought by ZSJ in this match and Naito winning with roll-ups all throughout the tournament. And then of course he gets the one guy in the final who that's not going to work on. Yep. Hey, real, definitely real cool. Quick, I'm good. I've got my windows open and it's raining, so I'm going to shut those and uh, we will carry on. <laughs> all right. Okay. So I don't know if any of those were actually on my 25, but I know a lot of them were right outside and, you know, in the range. Um, but yeah, I mean, all great stuff. Like, I, well, the Okada, Okada Desperado one, like I said, we'll get into, I would say the closest one for me was Shingo and Hiromu. Um, like you said, just a match junior versus heavyweight, first of all, same faction and just you know those guys went to war i mean hiromu had the war with suzuki earlier in the tournament which you'll see on my list here and uh yeah it was great and then yeah the final was also awesome i had it four and a half stars and then just the history going back to the 2018 g1 and then let alone the 2020 g1 when zach took him out and like you said naito had been rolling everyone up and that shit ain't gonna work on zach so and I was very, very fired up to see ZSJ uh, hoist the cup for the second time in four years. Yeah, I, again, just can't – got to throw it out there again. New, what a special New Japan Cup this year. Like that, oh. was, that was awesome. Yeah, and, yeah. And last year was really good too, obviously. But, again, the, the magic was back like in this tournament. So, I'm and, super and happy they, that we caught this. And they kept – you know, it was very few upsets. So, it was just a lot of heavy hitters in the end. So – it was a great tournament. Um, all right, shall we move on? Yep. Okay, so I'm going to go 20 to 16. Um, <clears throat> 20, I have Kazuchika Okada versus Zack Sabre Jr. So funny, we just talked about Zack winning the cup. This was his title match at Hyper Battle, um, April 9th. And then I just talked about this one, 19, Hiromu Takahashi versus Minoru Suzuki, New Japan Cup Night 7, March 13th. 18, we got FTR versus the Young Bucks from AEW Dynamite on April 6th for the AAA and Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships. 17, I have Okada versus Naito from the Don Taku show that just happened for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. And then 16, I have our first DDT entrant, Tetsuya Endo versus Kanosuke Takeshita from their 25th anniversary show, March 20th. So um, I don't know. Where do you want to I guess do we want to where do we want to start? We'll start with 20. Uh, Okada. I mean, I mean, if you don't mind, I want to start on 16 just because I watched that earlier today. Oh, oh, yeah. Let's do it. I think what really caught me here, again, this was a long one. There was a lot going on, but there's a stretch in the middle of it. 
where like Takeshita hits him with two DDTs in a relatively short period of time, like not back to back. But then there's a point where later on he just see him and he just gets too caught up going for a third. And like he never goes for it with the same intensity later in the match, but it's just so amusing to see like just like I'm gonna finish this guy with one of these. And I just wish that video package was in English because I, I know like these are guys that have you know a similar like story like density. It's been going on so long, like Kenny and Ibushi. Yep. Like I just would like to get what's actually happening. And we, I know we what we're seeing in the matches. I think we've watched a tag match with Endo and Takeshita against Kenny and Ibushi from what, like 2014 or something. Do you remember that? Cause, uh, yeah, because I remember we watched that and we watched another match of these guys against each other from 2019. From like 28. Yeah, and it was awesome. Yep. I so I like this one a little better because one a little more integrated into DDT last year. You know, we definitely were into their tournament and then some of like the Junakiyama matches since he's our guy. So we're just a little more into it. And I, what I loved about it, um, yeah, it's, it was long, but it was brutal. And it really like Endo really had to do everything to put him away. Like he was just toward the like the last five minutes. I feel like it was just Endo hammering big moves constantly that Takeshita was kicking out of everything. Um, and so like that just kind of showed me how big and tough Takeshita was. Um, it's like, you, it's not going to be easy to put this guy away. So I loved it. Now Takeshita here in AEW now, I know he had a dark couple of dark matches, but hopefully we'll get to see him seep on the TV because, uh, he's a special, special talent and has one of the best entrance musics in the game today. I don't know if that'll carry over to AEW because it's a pretty epic song, but, uh, yeah, he's the fucking man. That entrance music is awesome, though. And like it, it, just the way it builds, too. Like it starts off like, all right, this is kind of cool. And then like, yeah. it really just kicks into that third gear. You got the shredding. Like, it's, yeah, it's awesome. And then it just gets nuts. But yeah, he's the man. Um, well, shit, let's just go 16 to 20 since Okada Naito at Dantaku just happened. Um, where do you kind of rank this in the three Okada Naito matches? I've got it second behind the February title defense from New Beginning, and then I have the the Cup match third. But they're all four and a half for four seven five for me. I've got it third, and it's more because I think that like this one felt like the slowest build, mm-hmm. but I will say this one probably had the coolest finish. Yeah, because I remember like when he hit that. It was a, a mix of – I'm trying to think what – it was something that he, he he sets up what looked like an Emerald Flosion or a Northern Lights bomb. It's just like, what is like, what is this guy doing? And yeah. So I, I, whenever you see Okada bust out something you've never seen him, it's just because of how, like, how effective his formula works within the story. It's like if this guy's pulling out something you've never seen, you know that like yep. you're watching something special. Naito had they broke him out of it, and then that big slap at the end, the right across the face. Yeah, it was a slow build, but like you know, I was getting the feeling, holy shit, maybe Naito could win this, and you know, I it was awesome. Um, I loved it. Um, let's see, FTR versus the Bucks. You know, incredible TV match. You know, rare that either of us go four seven five on a TV match. This is the first AEW, first of two AEW matches that I did that. 
Um, but, you know, just another outstanding match between these two teams, probably a notch below the 2020 full gear show, but it was on television. And I mean, FTR is just hotter than ever right now and just love to see it. Yeah, I, I think I went a little lower than you, but it was exactly the kind of thing, like the pace that you want to see on TV where they just were going fast, doing cool stuff. And I, I think you, like you and Bo mentioned, like when they do the, uh, the Adam Cole kiss thing oh yeah and, uh, near the end like it's just like the like those these two teams just work so well together and they, they like they know each other so well even though there's been barely any matches that yeah. they've all been all been in it's just they're all that good yep no doubt um 19 Hiromu versus Minoru Suzuki again another one I had a little higher than you just Seeing the junior Minoru going against old grandpa Suzuki and, you know, Suzuki doing his <laughs> a lot. And just I think Kevin Kelly said there were like 240 overhand chops in that match. Like I felt like the first 15 minutes was almost all chops until it like spilled outside. But just to see Hiromu keep getting up and keep getting up and keep getting up. Like that's why we love him. And to see him get that W, you know. I thought he was probably going to win, but, you know, you never know. And uh, it was just a satisfying victory, you know, as was his over evil in the next round. But, uh, yeah, just just such a fun, stiff match. Definitely shades of that Ibushi Tai Chi match from 2020 yeah. that you know I love. So yeah. I, oh, I love it, the too. Way that, yeah. The all kicks. Yeah, very similar to that. But, yeah, good shit. And then to round it out, um, Okada versus Zach from Hyper Battle, the title match. Um, I had watched their Sakura Genesis 2018 title match prior to it. That was a long one, like 36 minutes. And I'd say it was a little better than this one, which I, I basically got this as my first four, 4.5 match. Um, I loved it. I almost went four, seven, five, but I feel like it was just missing something like a kick. Out, like, it just felt the ending was a little abrupt on the one rainmaker. Um, I guess I just kind of wanted it a little more exact get the reversal and slap him in another submission hold. But just the, the contrast of styles with these two is awesome. And every time they're, they're in the ring together, it's always great. Yeah, I, I agree. There was something that just, I think maybe it is that because you can't have Okada being truly pushed to the limit every single time. Yeah. That, but selfishly, know, just... I just wanted Zach to win too, you know, <laughs> big time. Uh, but you know, really knowing he wasn't, but that was part of it as well. Okay. Why don't you, uh, give us your next five here? Uh, I'm, I'm going to group six just cause I think it's going to be a little e easier to Perfect. run with it this way. So I'm just going to reel off the, uh, rest of the new Japan matches that I have and two stardom matches. So just get all of Perfect. the, uh, Bushi road owned ones <laughs> together. Let's do it. So first, a AZM, Starlight Kid, and Stardom. Just, just a wild match. <laughs> I think you're better prepared to go into it than I am. But it, oh it's really gosh. cool, really fresh. Just, high oh yeah, speed, I, putting high the name high speed title true to test there. And then next is uh, Julia versus Mayu Iwatani, which, again, happened back in January. And that's another, like, one of those things that yeah, I'm just amazed, like, what you watched like American women's wrestling, you see some of these girls going, like, you know, what, like, what is so different? Like, how is there just this new level that you watch this? And it's like, 
this is one of the best matches I've seen this year. It's yeah, like, incredible. Their matches, and this was like 26 for me. And I think on a rewatch, yeah. I'd probably put it higher. Uh, but yeah, like the matches these women are having, like they're just as good. I mean, they're rated, we're rating them this high for a reason. They're better than the men. And no disrespect to Becky Lynch, who just came out and said that Raw's women's division is the best in the world. It ain't even close. It's stardom. And back to AZM and Starlight Kid, I've got it a little higher. They're 19 and 20 years old. They have other wrestlers that are in their load. Like Momo Watanabe is 22. She's been a main eventer for like four years, you know, on that cusp. Fucking they've got 15-year-olds that are already out there. Like it's, I think Shuri's like the oldest one at 33. They're almost all in their 20s. So bright, bright future. Yeah, I just, again, awesome match there. And the next one, uh, some Wrestle Kingdom matches pair with our man Okada, who is all over the uh, lists that so far. <laughs> he was six of my 25. <laughs> Dude, I got Okada Shingo, Okada Osprey. Again, both of these, just this guy went out and put on Unbelievable. You know, fringe five-star matches two nights in a row, which I suppose we shouldn't have been surprised because – he went out and put on five-star matches two nights in a row two years ago, too. So I may or may not have uh, Okada Osprey as a scale breaker. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty high on my list, as you know. Yeah, next is uh, – actually, we'll save the, the one I want to mention a little more detail on for next. Doki versus Tai Chi from a oh. uh, Taka Michinoku-promoted show that yep. – just a cool match. Seeing Doki, like, really getting pushed to the limit and – you know, just can't quite do it against Tai Chi, but it was awesome. Doki's yeah, the fucking man, and we both are big Tai Chi guys. Like, yeah, that match was sick. Very emotional too, because like Milano on commentary, I know he was like heavily involved in both guys, and I think I remember I read about it at that point. Like he had, I think, sent Doki to Tai Chi to train or something like that. So like on commentary, I think he may have been like crying after the match. Like he was really into it. So yeah, just a very cool showcase there. And then the last one, which I'm, I don't think it'll be in your, in your top list. It was just something that I feel like it told the story was going for super well. Shibata versus Ren Narita, mm. Wrestle Kingdom Night One, and love it. I I gave it a four or five. I think that you know I could see people going lower and totally get it, but it I think it just did one of the best examples of a mentor versus mentee fight where the mentor clearly has well over a step ahead of the mentee. It was but also a... shown just how far Ren Narita's come, and like this is a guy that. You know, we've been kind of keeping up with and we're impressed by him and see him as you know a future Shibata style guy. But I mean, he already looks exactly like him. <laughs> um, well, I told you, I uh, I was watching that G1 final when Shibata came back. Yeah, it was something that ZSJ and Shibata are wrestling, but I've walked out of the room to cook breakfast. <laughs> During the break and I'd get back. It's like, why is Ren Narita there? I thought he was back in the States. <laughs> Well, and then, then I rewind it and like see like see ZSJ walk out and then Shibata and just lost it. Of course, well, it's another note on Shibata Ren. Firstly, just what a special moment. But the fact that hey, this was supposed to be a, like a grappling match, like the ZSJ one, and Shibata gets out there, grabs the mic, and says, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, let's fucking fight." Uh, again, you know, I think we've heard against the wishes of New Japan. Like that was not part of the plan. 
Um, and he was stiffing it out there and letting Ren stiff him. And I need to watch that again. But yeah, for both of us, both big Shibata guys, especially you, special moment indeed. Um, yeah, yeah that, right. that's what I've got. Uh, and then I'll you go with yours, and I'll I'll finish off my bottom fifteen with uh, some top AEW picks. Sweet. So this is fourteen to eleven for me. 14, I've got the Shuri Utami Haya Shishtara match from 1229 Stardom Dream Queendom we talked about. 13, I've got CM Punk and MJF, the dog collar match from Revolution. 12, I've got Okada and Naito, New Year's Golden Series Night 15, the aforementioned February title defense. And 11, I imagine you may have this one a little higher than me, but Katsuhiku Nakajima versus Go Shiyazaki, also from Noah the New Year. January 1st, GHC Heavyweight Championship. Anyone you want to – let's just start there. All right, because, well, okay, again, you'll have that higher than me, so we can kind of save that. Um, did I – okay, so Okada Shingo, you had that on your last one. So we didn't really talk about it, but Wrestle Kingdom Night 1, another long match. It, you know, felt like it took a while to get going, but – and one that I haven't rewatched, but I feel like I remember the last, like, 10 minutes just being absolutely insane where it's like if they could have like, you know, maybe tightened up the first part of the match, we're maybe looking at a five-star match, but you know, just off for me, but just incredible stuff. I mean, these guys have been minimum. I think this was the fourth match they've had maybe the third, but what like, I feel like every time has been minimum four or five. I think maybe and even like, four, seven, five, like I might have yeah. them all at four, seven, five, I think. Cause I know I went with five on one from last year that I was yeah. just blown away by. And I think it might've been the cup match. Yeah. There. And then, uh, yeah. So yeah, I think there's four. Cause there was the G one match where Okada put him out with the money clip and like Shingo's eyes look like they're popping out of his head. Yeah. But yeah, again, these two guys, they're the best. They work with each other perfectly. Like it, my 2021 so high. Shingo, my 2021 wrestler of the year, and Okada clearly carrying that banner to start 2022 for me. I mean, he's been 2017-2018 form for sure. Um, Suri and Utami, um, again, you know, what what else is there to say about these women? I mean, just the the rematch to their four, I guess it was a 40 or no, it was a double knockout in overtime after it had tied at 30 minutes um, and Shuri gets the W it's been a long time since I've seen this match, but you know, it was just an epic showdown again. I think it went because there was no time limit this time because they had the draw. I think they went what 36 minutes, something like that and just beat the piss out of each other. Yeah. I've got that one at number eight for me. Okay. And I, yeah, I, 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 I need to go back. Cause like that was something that I had on the list to get to and, wasn't able to today but it amazing it was it was awesome like they <laughs> yeah. just we can't I, yeah, say I, enough about how great yeah. stardom is watch it if you haven't fucking watch it ask us if you need rex um yeah, these these next three matches are actually all ones i have a little higher than you so if you want yeah, to let's maybe just kick do... it to let's just kick it to you then if you've got cm punk mjf and the other okada naito so why don't you take I mean, a... if you want to go if you want to go with okada naito I and mean, we kind of did one already and then yeah we kind of already we'll, talked yeah. about the other two frankly again they've kind of all blended to some degree in my head but this one was important because we hadn't seen it since wrestle kingdom 15 
in that being a top 15 match of all time for me, finally Naito getting over Okada in the dome. Um, you know, you and I were shocked that he showed up after, was it Wrestle Kingdom when he challenged? Like, oh shit, yeah. I guess we're getting this now. Cause we'd always thought this was, I mean, it has been such a protected match, but to see it at, you know, the, the first pay-per-view after Wrestle Kingdom was a shock. And now we've seen it three times. Um, but yeah, I just remember this one just, again, just such top form work from both of those guys. And frankly, I can't even pinpoint exactly what happened in this one, but it was just amazing. So, um, yeah, why don't you take it away and we can have the, uh, you can talk more about MJF CM Punk. Uh, yeah, I'll, the the other thing with the Okada Naito one is that as much as out of all three of these matches, it seemed least likely that Naito would win. Mm -hmm. I think Naito is just one of those guys that like, like he can make doing something that looks simple, interesting. Like you look at the way he carried himself while feuding with Jay at the end of 2019, or, you know, again, like with uh, what would have been in like the 2020 G1 where even when his matches weren't that special, compared to like the other block like the guy just but he was grinding it out he was having yeah. a lot of long long good matches he was that's when he was the champ still so he was kind of like carrying that block and then ended up sonata ended up winning it right yeah because i think it was a sonata evil final maybe yeah like, for the block and then yeah but yeah, yeah. I think just like you see with naito and just all the rumors about how he's not in that good of shape and just from wear and tear over the years that like there is Doesn't look definitely, like yeah, there's definitely a thought that, Hey, like maybe whatever his next success is, is his last rodeo. So I, you know, I, I watched the guy go out and I, and I think he's awesome. And just, the other thing is his, his matches are just as creative as anybody. Like they feel unpredictable, even though his move set is not particularly large or, like his his timing of stuff just is really cool and and just his char his character you know plays into that like you know whether it's him taking an hour to take his warm ups off or you know taking a minute to lock up the first time or doing his tranquilo pose you know he's fucking with people and like even in the midst of a match he'll kind of fuck with people and I can't didn't he he did hit the stardust press in this one right. Now, like thinking back on it, I feel like he did. He didn't. He went for it in the most recent title match, but I feel like he did. Yeah, he did. Okay. I, think, I remember at that point, I thought he was going to win. Yeah, and, yeah. Know, I knew, like, that I'd seen him the uh, Russell Kingdom match where he like he doesn't win with it. So yeah. like, I, I don't know. I, I got worked by that again. Which and it's always awesome. such an epic moment dating back to Wrestle Kingdom twelve when that kind of cost him to blow it. But yeah, awesome. Give us uh, your next five. All right. So that's the big AEW ones that aren't in my top 10 are the three-way tag match from Revolution, mm -hmm. Red Dragon, uh, Jurassic Express, and Young Bucks. And I think this is just one of those moments where, like, as much as the Young Bucks style isn't always to my taste, like, I was just locked in during this match, like, when they were trying to be funny, I thought it was funny. When they were serious, like it, it clicked. Jungle Boy, like I, I think just his timing was really good on this. And I, what else? Yeah, I think the, my favorite stuff was just all the shenanigans between 
the young uh, Red, Red Dragon, Dragon, the Young Bucks, yeah, and Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah, he's you the can man. see even from like the interjection bits and promos is one of the funniest guys there for sure yeah that was such a fun match and yeah we you knew things were going to break down between those two teams and yeah it was i mean like you said revolution was from a match quality standpoint incredible i mean that i had that hangman and cole and mox danielson all at four and a half stars and then punk mjf at four seven five kingston and jericho at four two so tons of stars on that one it was ridiculous yeah man that, that show like because again there's another one from that i've got the punk mjf one we'll get to and then mox danielson just just a war like oh I'm, yeah clever finish of course with them like a little it roll open up that danielson doesn't actually believe mox is the better man yep a lot of blood um, and obviously that being the genesis of William Regal and ultimately the Blackpool Combat Club. So a big moment too. Yeah. I mean that that was that was that was so cool to watch for sure. And then the uh the other two being Paige Danielson from Dynamite start the year. I've got that higher on my list as you might expect. And then another one that I've got you also have higher, but we'll get to it later is Mox Wheeler. I think that. Mm-hmm. There, there might be matches I might like a little better, but you know there are those times that the moment just kind of carries you away, and I think that that happened here. Oh yeah, um, no, you nailed it. So I have my AEW list here, and since basically five through ten are not on my list here, so I had five Moxley Danielson, six Punk MJF, one from Dynamite. I loved it. Seven, Hangman and Cole from Revolution. Eight, I had that Jurassic Express, Young Bucks, Red Dragon. Nine, which I know you were fond of this one as well, the Sammy Andrade Darby triple threat for the TNT title. Just like a 12 and a half minute sprint that was just awesome. And then 10, I had the Sammy Cody ladder match, which is not a five-star match like Dave Meltzer said. I had it at four and a quarter, (laughs) but, you know, it was a spectacle. It was so much fun to watch. Um, Interesting to see where both guys' trajectories have gone since that match. Um, but at the time, it was a pretty special one. But So that's just kind of rounding out my AEW list there. <clears throat> um, any of those other ones you mentioned that we want to hit on, or should I get into my top ten here? I mean, I think we kind of got – because I've got yeah, more to say about a couple of them at some point. So Let's jump into the uh, top ten. Let's do it. So at least – Okay, two of these you have mentioned, um, and I know one, actually three, and then three of these you're going to have as well, I'm guessing, in your next crop. So let's just do it. Number 10, AZM versus Starlight Kid. You mentioned it. Number nine, and I know you've got this high, Shingo Takagi versus Tomohiro Ishii, New Japan Cup, night three. Number eight, so we've this is our New Japan Cup run here. Number eight. Zack Sabre Jr. versus Will Ospreay, New Japan Cup quarterfinal, night 13. And then number seven, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Shingo Takagi, New Japan Cup semifinal, night 14. And then number six, John Moxley versus Wheeler Yuta, AEW Rampage, April 8th. Let's start there. Um, I almost went five on this. If we didn't have to watch, if we couldn't, if we could watch it without commercials, I probably would. Um, like you said, in the moment, holy shit, just unbelievable. I had so, obviously the match was taped, so I had seen a photo of Wheeler covered in blood before the match, 
So I kind of knew what I was getting into, but no, I really didn't know what I was getting into. I mean, that was what, 12 minutes, if that, and just non-fucking-stop. I know, I guess there was a minute or so before the bell rang because Wheeler jumped him from the get-go, and the pace never let up for one second. Um, and just the true star-making performance from Wheeler Yuta. I mean, you hear how over he is with the crowds now, and I just can't wait to see him in the best of the Super Juniors, but I fucking love this guy. I mean, I said it on this show when he was still a jobber. Like, every time he went out there, whether it was at a tag match or just like a, you know, a squash five minute match. I was always so impressed with the guy and just now to see him kind of take that jump is just so satisfying and, you know, can't do this without Mox. I mean, he was the perfect dance partner for this beat the shit out of him. Um, you know, his reactions when he, when Wheeler was kicking out of paradigm shifts were fun. Um, you know, I, I didn't love him kicking out the second time of like the full paradigm shift, but then he choked him out. So it all worked. Um, but man, again, for a TV match with a commercial thrown in the middle, like this, this got my, this got my blood going. And uh, again, this is a match that we'll just never forget. Cause it, I have a feeling Wheeler Yuta is going to be a fucking star. And this is the match that made him. I mean, I think you're right. It's, I didn't, I forgot that it was that short. But again, like it just the pace was that high. Um, I, I sort of agree on the uh, the second paradigm shift, but the other thing is they're probably going to do something to that degree on a rare basis, and usually yeah. with different guys. Like again, like I again, if you picked the worked. right moment it and the worked. right guys, yeah, it worked for sure. Like if, if you know if it, yeah, I can think of other guys that had been them. Like eh, I don't know, but I think Wheeler had put in and like if there's going somewhere with this, then can trust the process. And I'm not sure if you mentioned it, but did you, uh, I think it was new Japan dominion. It was right before show to let like it was, it was, it was the night of the Mox show to Umino match and Shota does the same thing. Like as Mox is coming out and for context, this is the, the new Japan ref red shoes son. Mm-hmm. Who's one of the young lions. As Moxley's coming out, dude just jumps over the ropes. Yeah, I forgot. Tries to attack Moxley in the crowd, loses in like three minutes, and then just gets dragged around as Mox's personal assistant (laughs) the rest of uh, the next like three months. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah, It made me think of that. That's a good call. Yeah, but just great shit. Um, Yeah, but the two Zach New Japan Cup matches, I know you'll have the Shingo. Well, you'll have both of these. Do we want to save save one of them? Talk. Let's talk about Osprey and we'll save Shingo because I know you had that at five. So, um, you know, last year in the New Japan Cup, Zach broke Osprey's nose. An incredible match and, you know, pretty similar shit here. I mean, these two guys hit a, hit a home run every time they're together. Just incredible chemistry incredible counters incredible pin sequences um this was just awesome yeah i'm i'm looking to see i feel like i probably should have had it higher than uh where where, where do i have that again oh yeah never mind i I see it yeah you haven't mentioned it yet so again i knew both of these would be on a lot we're now we're kind of getting into some similar territory here again i think just think you know, the way Osprey has been over the past, I'm trying to have a good starting point, but 
like since definitely since he uh, won the New Japan Cup last year, like that run, like that run he started on, it just feels like he's leveled up both as a performer in like in the meta sense and both like his character, mm-hmm. just like the way I, he just smoked Ibushi. Yeah, when he won the title last fucking, year, it's like this guy pissed me off. You just watch the guy, and he looks unbeatable in the best way. It's like how like. If anybody can beat this guy, it's going to look awesome. And, you know, he looks like a tank. He wrestles like a badass. Like, it's it's awesome. Well, and let's talk about the finish here. It was a tap out that Osprey claimed that he didn't tap out. So, again, keeping him protected in law and loss and defeat, um, you know, that's kind of a theme they're going with here. Because, you know, was, I think Zach kind of flipped the choke on him and he did tap, but he claimed he was just, you know, trying to get his leg out or something. But a unique finish here. And, you know, it was just a war, a blitzkrieg of a match again between these two. Yeah. I'm, I'm, as always, I can't wait for them to meet up again and, you know, we'll see if it happens for that rev pro belt or if it's the G one or what, but. Yep. Well, we'll save uh, Shingo Ishii and Shingo Zach for you, but I just want to mention AZM and Starlight Kid again. We talked about it, 19 and 20 years old. They're already this fucking good. And just the smoothness, like, you know, it's called the high-speed title for a reason. They're going all out and the counters, and, like, you'll see a lot of rolling pins. And this was another one where I was just blown away. I'd never seen AZM before. I'd seen Starlight Kid, um, had heard a lot about AZM, and have now seen more of her since. And just to be that good and crisp at 19, you know, high-flying shit, power moves, she's unbelievable. Um, but, yeah, it's just crazy how good these two are. And I can't wait to watch this one again. Like, again, when I saw it, I'm like, God damn, that's almost a five. That was unbelievable. So yeah, I'll I'll be I'll be running this one back for sure. Like that, and I think it's like seven, like seventeen minutes. And again, like frenetic pace from the get go. It's just awesome stuff. Hey guys, if you didn't know, watch Stardom. (laughs) By any means necessary. If you really want to know, well, subscribe to Stardom World or ask me. (laughs) (laughs) All right, why don't you uh, let's get into your top ten here? So these are ranked now, right? Yeah, so n- my number 10 is Tanahashi and Okada versus Kaito Kiyomiya and Keiji Muto from mm. the New Japan NOAH Wrestle Kingdom Night 3 joint show. Nice. Number nine is the Okada Naito New Year's Golden Series uh, title match that we mentioned earlier. Yep. Number eight is the Shuri Utami Hay- Hayashi Stop. Yep match from stardom we talked about earlier and then six and seven are both from the noah new year's show at seven kaito kiyomiya versus keno and at six go shiozaki versus katsuhiko nakajima well let's talk about some noah because those are both two matches i've mentioned that we didn't dive into and then also that tag match um i had it at four two five a little lower than you but yeah just great stuff so um, let's start with the new year because again, January 1st, those are our first official matches in the book, you know, co main event and main event. Um, let's just start with uh, Keno and Kaito for the GHC national title. Keno, who had a big year for us in 2021 for sure. 
and now kept you know kept that momentum going into 22 against the uh young whippersnapper kaito yeah this was this was cool to see i again Keno is coming off a ton of momentum from that from last year's match of the year winner slash candidate against nakajima times two yeah Keno is the leader (laughs) and of his stable and just the uh clearly the veteran versus kaito who you know, had a run as ace about two years ago for Noah, but it's been struggling ever since to make it back to the top. And it was something that, you know, Keno just, while it was a competitive match, Keno put this in his place and, you know, finish was a kick to the head and just God, yeah. Kaito's lights were out. And I just remember that watching it's like, that was pretty cool to see. Like Keno you know, is see, the like, man. New Japan doesn't do that type of finish with with like a strike KO very often. So Mm-mm. yeah, Noah yeah. definitely does it a little more, and Hell Stardom does it a little bit. Um, yeah, but yeah, that was awesome. And again, the like Keno just such a, a weaselly prick, and then Kaito, like we said, the young you know go getter. He'd had a long title run for about a year, hasn't been able to get there. You know, had a long losing streak. Uh, but he put on a hell of a performance here. And it was a rematch of the semifinal of the uh, – what's their tournament called? The N1 victory as well. So, yeah, how about the main event? You know, two of our favorites for sure over these past few years. Um, and a rematch from an epic clash in November of 2020 where um, Go Shiyazaki defeated Nakajima when he was the champ. Now it's reversed. Nakajima comes in as the champ and he defeats Go. And really, this was Go's first big singles match in his comeback after what about eight months off? Yeah, I've, I've been looking forward to this. I know, I know you certainly were as soon as uh, Go came back. I remember there were a few times. I think one time I, we were talking and I brought up like, "Where's Go?" And there's another time that. I think I was in line ordering food or something over the summer and just like, I'm texting Tom about something else and wondering when's Go Shiozaki coming back. And I think yeah, you'd like sent me such a random text about it. Like I just missed that guy. One of our favorite wrestlers in 2020, no doubt carried Noah had a hell of a year. So yeah, it's good to see him back. I think again, this was a match that was really exciting because Nakajima is might be as good as he's ever been. His character work, again, is someone that doesn't understand a word he's saying. Like the guy's just fascinating to watch. Oh yeah, Showtime, like baby, a killer out there. Showtime. Yeah, and so again, very excited just to see this guy. Even though, like it, it's, it appears that he's a heel, and allegedly he's a big snake, and we think, oh, he's probably going to turn on Keno versus Goshiozaki, who's white again, meat up- baby face. You know, very much in the spirit of Kensa Kobashi, who you guys were talking about with Tom as mm-hmm. possibly the best babyface wrestler ever. I think he is. I mean, yeah, him or Tanahashi, I guess. But yeah, it goes, goes like that. And coming back from in, from injury, the video package, mm-hmm. which again, we didn't understand a word of it, but you just watch it and it's like, you know, I really want to see Go win. Like, even at the expense of, even as for me, of Nakajima's yeah, run. Like, as much as we love Nakajima, see, I, as much as I love Go, I was, I'm still, still too pro Nakajima that I was still pulling for him. But again, Go in his performance makes you want him to win. So, um, but he, he just came up short, but obviously stiff as hell. The chops from Go, the kicks from Nakajima. Um, I can't, do you remember how this one finished? Um, Northern Lights bomb, I think. Okay. 
I, I yeah, he, he tried the uh, vertical drop rain buster mm-hmm. and it didn't work. Yeah. The vertical spike, Stuart. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely missed uh, Stuart and Mark in our lives a little bit this year because we did. We've given up our Noah subscription for now, but we'll be getting it again soon, I think. But yeah, just incredible commentators over there. But uh, quickly talk about the uh, the tag match from Wrestle Kingdom Night Three, and then we'll uh, we'll swing into our top fives and wrap her up. All right. Yeah. So the tag match I thought was just so interesting because you essentially have ace talents from what four generations of wrestling you've got yeah you know arguably a top prospect that to come out of the 80s and one of the big names of 90s and 2000s in mudo who's not great now but he's a big deal there so it's worth something kaito who is what like 24 super young just super promising and the future is his when he gets there and he's already been really good mm-hmm and then Okada and Tanahashi is the guys who, while not quite concurrently for the past 20 years or so, have been the big names. And it very much was a performance that really put over Kaito in defeat and that he just recognized he had to put the team on his back. And, you know, you see it, shades of the Wrestle Kingdom 9 main event where Rudo's yes. dragging the guy out and he's crying. It's like, dude, like, yeah, nobody could have beaten both of those guys, but and just the Kaito Okada interactions were all great. Like you know, Okada kind of treating him like a little brother, so to speak. And then, oh yeah, like you mentioned, it was Okada at Wrestle Kingdom Nine crying when he couldn't beat Tanahashi, and then same vibes here from Kaito. So you know, hopefully there'll be another crossover show at some point, and we can see like a singles match between those two at some point would obviously be awesome. Yeah, I like everybody else. I'm hoping to see some more New Japan Noah crossover, and yeah, and again we could we could talk for for hours <laughs> on the matchups we'd want to see on that. I do just want to give a shout because um, I gave it four and a half stars to the Los Ingobernables de Japón versus Congo ten man tag from that Wrestle Kingdom Night Three show. That was my favorite uh, match on the show. Just. Two fucking badass, cool factions just going to war. And the Shingo Nakajima and the Naito Keno um, interactions certainly being the highlight of it. But, uh, you know, as upset as we were about not getting any singles matches, that Wrestle Kingdom Night 3 was still a very fun show. And like you said, hopefully we'll get more down the road. Top five. Throw one other thing in there for that tag match. Like I just again, like Nakajima just came off like such a killer in that match. And again, I think it is one of those things when you see like with how much in the Japanese companies these guys wrestle the same dude, so they know how to make each other look good and run with it. Seeing these fresh matchups, it's still like it. It worked out really well. And I know Nakajima and Shingo have some history from. Mm Shingo's pre-New Japan days, but just love seeing him in that match. And he, yeah, he was awesome there. I'm still, still furious that Nakajima dropped the heavyweight title to Fujita, who then got COVID. And, you know, we haven't seen the match, but we need Nakajima back on top, baby. That was bullshit. All right. On yeah, to I top. think I heard what <laughs> happens at that show. So I, we'll, we'll talk later. I know who won, but okay. Top five time. All right. My top five. So these would be my five five star matches. That's just cool how that worked out. Uh, number five, 
Early in the year, Hangman Adam Page versus Brian Danielson, AEW Dynamite, January 5th. I believe that was the TBS debut. Um, number four, Kazuchika Okada versus El Desperado, New Japan, New Japan Cup Night 1. Uh, I know I'm a lot higher on that than most, but God damn, I love it. Uh, number three, the match that just happened a couple days ago, Hiroshi Tanahashi and Tomohiro Ishii from Wrestling Dantaku for the vacant IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship. Number two, FTR versus the Briscoes from Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor for the ROH Tag Team Championship. And number one, from Wrestle Kingdom Night 2, Kazuchika Okada versus Will Ospreay for the real World's Heavyweight Championship. Seen a lot of those two names on these lists, that's for sure. So I think it's only fitting for me that they're number one. Um, let's just start there. So, cause I know you and I kind of have some differing, you know, slightly differing opinions. I have it as a scale breaker. You have it at four, seven, five, but again, just for me in the moment of watching, which is probably 10 AM the next morning after the show, I was literally on my feet for like the last 10 minutes. I think just, the moonsault off the light tower or whatever it is, for lack of a better term, the callback to Wrestle Kingdom 12, Junior 4-Way. I don't Because, again, with this Osprey, you don't see him do that shit anymore. So that was like seeing this version of Osprey do that was awesome. And just for me, that just got it going. And I, I was just on, I would say the on the edge of my seat, but I was on the tip of my toes and just is just one of those classic New Japan where you're just taken on a ride. And, oh, my God, what's going to happen? Um, and just, yeah, just be in that moment. I was just so locked in and dialed in. And I've since rewatched it twice. Granted, once was pretty drunk. Um, but, yeah, it's it's stuck there. And um, I would say FTR Briscoes, is, it's 1A and 1B. Um, I would say if I rewatch that match, I'm probably putting it one. But, you know, with the scope that I've seen the other one three and that once, just kind of how it falls. And I know you haven't seen that match yet, but just want to say the do you know, obviously, you know, who wins because FTR has been carrying around the belts. But just, you know, they've been building up this feud for a while on social media. You know, the Briscoes putting out videos, ripping on FTR and FTR kind of putting out videos in response and FTR showed up at the last Ring of Honor show, Final Battle, back in December before they went on hiatus. So, you know, it kind of been a slow build. Two of the best tag teams in the world, obviously, who never faced off. And just the, you could feel the intensity before the bell even rang. And it was just there through the get-go. And, oh, man, it's just such an emotionally charged, awesome match. And I can't wait for you to see it. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm I'm pumped about it. I know that because I think for a while there it seemed like it was something that it might not happen for like another year. And I don't know if it was a product of Tony Khan buying Ring of Honor, but you know, I think yeah, I I'm You're pretty gonna sure love Tom of Tom of all people would be would have been dying to see this if it hadn't happened. So oh, yeah. I've I mean I would put it up yeah. there in the conversation of the best tag matches ever. You know, I feel like there's only a handful we've got kind of at that five-star range. I mean, to me, the best ever, probably, you know, we could talk all Japan, you know, the fucking four pillars. What is it? June of 94 match or, or June of 95. Kawada, Tawe versus Misawa and um, Kobashi. You know, that's certainly right up there. 
Uh, but for me, Hangman and Kenny against the Young Bucks from Revolution 2020, you know, that one's got a special place in my heart. And then some of those Golden Lovers matches from 2018 against the Bucks, against Ishii and Okada. Um, and I know I'm missing some, but those are kind of some of the best tag matches that pop out in my head. I know there's one from like a Raw in 2001 with like, what is it, Benoit and Jericho against Triple H and Stone Cold. That's a classic. Um, I've got that up there as an all-time, possibly the all-time favorite TV match. Because like, yeah. the other thing is that crowd was just nuclear. For sure. Yeah, but just incredible stuff. Yeah. You're going to love it um three let's i know this will be in your top five as well but ishii tanahashi holy shit <laughs> i i don't know if I, I i don't know if i've told you this but i until seeing this match actually have never seen these two guys in a singles match really you never rematch. saw that one from 2013 no i like <laughs> there's a f- like there's a few things like that that just for whatever reason like i haven't gotten to certain match pairings wow. and i just assumed you'd seen that match their first it was their first singles match from 2013 g1 where ichi beat him shockingly i think it's his only win against tanahashi but so the kick out of the tanahashi kicking out of the vertical drop brain buster the only other time i've seen that was in that 2013 match so i knew like i knew that he, like he'd used the ishii driller that Yes. He mentions on commentary, and I was pretty sure like that was the case. I, I and I, I think I've even seen a gif of it, but I just haven't seen the match. Like, I like, I, and I think the commentary was good enough that even if I didn't know, like, that he feels like, hey, like that has happened once, or like that's only, yeah. Like, well, what's he gonna <clears throat> What's he gonna do now? The Ishii driller was like, oh shit. Well, next time, whether it's this weekend, if you come in town, or next time we watch matches, we got to watch that one from 2013. It's only like 18 minutes, but this was outstanding from the get-go. I mean, they kind of – each other were doing each other's moves throughout the match. It was really cool. Again, intensity there from step one, um, and just two fucking incredible veterans just slugging it out for the prize that is the IWGP United States title, and it was just a sheer joy to watch. Yeah, the, it, there was just so much clever stuff in there with the counters. Like you think of the uh, Ishii busting out the sling blade, or Tanahashi mm-hmm. busting out the brain buster. Yep, like, Ishii again, doing the sling blade was fucking tight. It was also just amazing to see like how smoothly he pulled it off. Because like again, he's I think if there's anybody in that company that does more with less, I can't think of him. Like the guy is so good, but he's small. He's not that athletic. <laughs> yeah. He, he's just like a brick wall that you won't knock him down. And, you know, you're as likely to, you know, knock yourself out as him. Just cause with, and He's it, just a special, special human being and talent. That's for sure. And by the time this episode comes out, I would have already seen him in the main event of Impact Under Siege against Josh Alexander, which I can't believe that's happening. Like, that's going to be so tough in Newport, Kentucky, where I live. Um, and hopefully you'll be joining us or would have joined us by the time this comes out. But anyway, um, okay, number four, we talked, you talked about Okada El Desperado. Again, this was one where I was just in that zone when watching and just absolutely locked in. And like you said, such a fresh matchup. 
Okada kind of treating El Desperado like the little brother as he was to Kaito. And he just kept getting up and getting up and challenging him. And it got to the point, you know, kind of trying to beat him with the money clip, like just kind of disrespecting him for, you know, two thirds, at least of this match. And Desperado just kept coming. And, you know, there was that moment when he had, it was like a sick counter. I can't remember what he countered something. I think it was the drop kick into the yes, uh, into Pinche the numero Loco. dos. Yeah, or, no, yeah. I always mix those up too. Yeah, numero. That's what it was. He caught the drop kick into the numero dos and had it locked in for like a minute. And I was just like, "Oh my god!" You know, like obviously knowing he ain't winning, but in that moment, I felt like he might. And uh, just a special match. And you know, we've both become you know big desperado fans especially over the last few years but the guy's just amazing and he gave okada all that he could handle and it for me it was just a bona fide five star for me i don't care what anyone else says and then um hangman danielson i actually i'm probably one of the few that preferred this to the 60 minute draw i just think hangman's demeanor in this one was what set it apart like you know, he went 60 minutes with him. He couldn't beat him. And he's like, fuck if I'm going to lose the title to this guy. And he was just, he came out there with that determination and attitude of he just wasn't going to let it happen. And it was just another special, special match that people probably are forgetting about because it was so early this year. I even did when I was talking to my friend Luke, who, you know, when the Wheeler Mox match came out, I'm like, oh, it's definitely my favorite AEW match of the year. And then I'm like, oh, shit, wait, no, it's not. But <laughs> number two, um, but yeah, just, you know, so cool to see um, Hangman just get in a, another war with Danielson. And, uh, you know, you had the judges there, including one my boy, BJ Whitmer, um, was there. But uh, yeah, just an awesome match. But um, shall we swing into your top five? Yeah, my top five start with the Osprey-Zack Sabre Jr. match we mentioned earlier. You've got mm-hmm. an eight. Next, I've got CM Punk versus MJF from Revolution. Hell yeah. I have the same number three as you, Tanahashi and Ishii. Just out of, out of nowhere, of course. But then again, go figure. Two of the best wrestlers in the world go out and put on one of the best matches of the year. Yeah. So, surprise there. Yeah, surprise, surprise. <laughs> Shingo, Zack Sabre from New Japan Cup, night 14, and number one, Shingo versus Ishii, New Japan Cup, night three. Love it. And, yeah, I guess – I think we we covered Osprey, Zack Sabre Jr. already, but, again, two guys that just work really well together, and, you know, they're just moving forward in their careers. And, again, these matches they're having, you know, they're not having the same matches now that they were two years ago, and – you know, those aren't the matches that they were having two years before that. No. Uh, getting into Punk MJF, I've had this at 475, but I think that this is just everything in, like, I feel like this is sort of what, you know, American wrestling matches kind of aspire to be. And like, it, yeah. You combine the storytelling into the match much more than just the athletic display that you might see from – a Shingo or an Osprey or an Okada or a Tanahashi. This just worked in the props and the Wardlow story and everything that, again, I think where AEW has really succeeded in some of these matches is that they have found a way to tell the story at a five-star level in the match. For sure. Versus just the match being good but not great. So this, 
I was, I was, I was dialed in. I was blown away, even though my expectations were already sky high. And I, and I want to see these guys fight again. I think it's, you know, might be the best, you know, one of, if not the best story arc that AEW's had. I think, you know, the hangman arc, yes, was two years. It was great. But just for like an individual feud, like a three month thing might be this, you know, it was just amazing. So I, this was like the one revolution match I haven't rewatched, but of course, remember, and, and so I was, you know, a little tipsy. That was when we had Derek and Micah in and we were having a time. Uh, but of course, in the moment, I absolutely loved it. But, you know, I had it at 13 just because I need to rewatch it. And that's another one that'll probably climb up. Um, but just have a little bit of scattered memories of the actual match itself. But it was unbelievable. I think one of those guys had it at five or like their match of the year. Yeah, Derek did. Yeah. I think there's there's other matches that might have even been a little, a little better bell to bell. But again, just the way that everything culminated in the match that it it, that's 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 what you're going for i think when you have you know the big pay-per-view match and the ending with wardlow was perfect and then set the stage for mjf's next feud which has also been amazingly done um so yeah good shit yeah tanahashi ishii like you said of course two of the best wrestlers can go have a great match on short notice yep um Shingo Zach I was just really excited about because again you had Zach get the better of Shingo in last year's G1 then you had Shingo win the title defense in before uh Wrestle Kingdom and again I, I was picking Zach to win the whole tournament going in and mm-hmm. just really excited to see you know that I, I think he's got as good as he was when he won the cup the first time he's even better now both totally in and outer ring and I just watched the match and I think we were watching that with big Mike and we were, and it's like, there's, I don't think there's anything I can think of in this that could have been better. At least so it's like five, just perfect. (laughs) And it was like 19, 19 minutes and change. Just like they made the most of that time. And again, the crazy counters that pin sequences, like the Osprey match, obviously a hallmark of Zach and, you know, Shingo being right there. How did he, how did he get him? Was it the arm again? I can't remember. Yeah, it was arm again. Yeah. Which again, a callback to their, you know, their G1 match of last year and really that whole feud. So you got to love it. I mean, again, just contrasting styles and Shingo can just fit right in like a glove with him. Yeah. I, again, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing these two again and, you know, what wonder what Shingo's plan is going to be this time. Yep. And then, yeah, the last one, Shingo and Ishii. And I just <laughs> – Every yeah, time these, these two guys, go out. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's similar to, I think, Go and Nakajima, that it's a mix of the hard hitting and the big moves and just two guys that get it in such a way that almost no one else does. And Incredible chemistry, of course. Yeah, all the matches they've had since, you know, 2019 or whenever it was have been amazing. I mean, I, I guess, again, similar to just Go and Nakajima, you know, a lot of chops, a lot of big uh, clotheslines. And crowd going yeah, nuts. I think it's just one of those things that, you know, it, like we've talked about with Bo, just leaned into just the, 
two guys like I'm going to hit you with everything I've got, but I'm also going to let you hit me with everything you've got Yep. to prove that I'm the better man because I can take it and you can't. And I think they've kind of alternated wins a few times too. Right? Like, you know, maybe Shingo's up like three, two in the series. I don't know how many, ma- I feel like it's been like five at this point. I think Shingo's up, but I'm, because I think Shingo won the first one. 2019 G1, yeah. I think 2020 G1 Ishii might have got him, but yeah, I, I mean, that's the thing with, with, a, with a bunch of those Ishii matches is that it's easy to forget he doesn't win that often in no, big he matches. But like, since it's, you're so entertained watching, it's like, I don't care. Like, I, I'm going to dial in the next time, like with Tanahashi get worked and like this is the moment he wins his big match or like maybe he'll sneak into a g1 final this year's like he probably won't but i'm you know i mean i'm not you know you know me i like goto and poor guy doesn't win a lot either but <laughs> we've got we can hope. hope yeah exactly and you know every time ishii goes out there you know you're gonna get everything from him and he can have amazing matches with any opponent so yeah he's uh he's just the best well, shit, man, this was awesome. Um, definitely a much better approach than saving it all for the end of the year. Um, but uh, any kind of final thoughts here before we wrap up? I mean, I think it's the same thing that uh, <clears throat> I know. I feel like we always say after the big New Japan shows, like what's coming at the Dome at the end of the year? Yep. What's coming? Uh, like who are, the, who, who are we thinking in the G1? And, you know, I'm I, – since Hangman got the belt, I'm not thinking too far ahead about like, you know, next world champ or what's next for AEW. But with Punk, it very much is like, what's like I I've going into I have no idea. I, you know, it, it could be uh, could be the end. Like, what's next with Hangman and Punk? Like, I think yeah, those we'll are the three things for I'm me. I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot. Who wins a double or nothing? I don't know. I didn't even send you our last episode yet, but Bo and I kind of had this debate. Um, oh, I I I I caught it off Spotify oh, in the afternoon, so we're all good. I'm so you heard I I'm leaning CM Punk, he's leaning Hangman. So where do you fall? I I'm gonna, my heart says Hangman, my head says Punk, but I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Hangman, and I think it's like I told you a while ago that if you don't remember it, that's fine, but. I feel like they do kind of have Hangman as like their guy. They run him through the quote unquote old guard. Mm-hmm. And then you have someone like an MJF that is also, you know, homegrown or close enough to that's not the big WWE guy that is the one who beats him. But there was an interesting thing I saw on Reddit. Someone mentioned that has me convinced of Punk as a winner. And everybody else that he's defended against, including like Ten- Kenny when he won the belt, were people that didn't respect him and weren't taking him seriously enough. Yeah. And it's very clear that Punk is not approaching it like that. Like Brian, you know, just came off like, I think you're soft, hangman. Archer, when he had, you know, Lambert out there, is like, you're not a real cowboy. Adam Cole's <laughs> like, dude, you were my sidekick when yep. we were in Ring of Honor. Yeah, no, that's and a great Kenny observation. Was just like, yeah, I was the senior partner in our tag team, not you, even though you watch back the tag matches and Hangman actually was doing the heavy lifting in those matches. So, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's going to be intriguing. And obviously over the coming weeks, we'll see the double or nothing card fill out. And just like the last three pay-per-views AEW put on, I expect an incredible card and an incredible show. I mean, they've been on fire with these. Yeah, I, I think one last AEW thought is, again, more news about the video game is coming back and definitely pulling for uh, that to kind of give them that extra boost. To yeah, that should be good. growing. For sure. Yes, well, thank you again. This is always a treat. Um, I guess we'll plan on doing it May, June, July, August, after August, I guess, would be uh, the next time we do it. So we'll probably be right in the middle of the G1, right? Oh, that – that that yeah, that's tough when you put it that way. Well, we'll we like could right maybe before, wait right after yeah. all out. We'll uh we'll we'll figure it out as we get a little closer. You know, obviously, you know this. We were going to do quarters, but then we ended up squeezing it out a little longer. So we'll we'll figure out how we want to time it. But uh, we'll definitely have you back on then. And uh, thank you as always. Uh, it's a true joy doing this with you. All right. See ya. <laughs> almost forgot we were going to do this in the intro um since azar and i spent about an hour and a half talking about our favorite matches we wanted to get you to you know at least spend a few minutes talking about yours and we had the episode basically all cut together and pieced together and we're like shit we forgot your list so uh i wrote it you got brother all right in 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 no particular order um because like all of these i think we're we're we're, we're entertaining for you for different reasons so i'll just read them i think it's fairly chronological. I had to go back to a website. It wasn't cage match. It was when I Googled wrestling matches of 2022. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess I'll give this website a shout out. It was um, profightdb.com. You ever used that? That's where, I, that's where I first cut my teeth. Oh, yeah. That was kind of my pre-cage match discovery site. So, yeah, it's a good site as well. Gotcha. Yeah. And it still has Moose as the impact champion. That's no longer the case. Am I correct? That is not, that is not the case. No, it's All been right. a few weeks. So, yeah, they're off their game. They are. Um, so speaking of off the, um, your game or off somebody's game, two people who uh, are a little unlikable, but who had a damn entertaining match um, earlier in the year, Sammy and Cody's lighter match makes my oh, yeah. top five, um, yep. you know, and I mean, there was that the Scorpio season ladder match. Uh, and, and wasn't there a ladder match at WrestleMania or WWE when we watched, I feel like maybe, uh, maybe. I yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, the, one right the, now. The TNT title ones are the one of note. And uh, yeah, out of all those, this one's clearly the best one. This was the high water mark of kind of the TNT title, what we'll refer to as their lost years, you know, yeah. <laughs> kind of their wandering in the wilderness. You know, they came across a mushroom that you can eat, you know, yeah. and, and, and this was it, a tasty morsel of a match. Um, there you that, go. That, 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 that I enjoyed. And still um, some of the crazier kind of high spots off a ladder I've seen. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. That like, you know, in, in credit to the, the shitty Guevara, you know, like I know he's like <laughs> absolutely very annoying. But like, you know, he's had some great spots high off a lot, you know, like some, like some some pretty good stuff. Well, not against Scorpio when he fucking bonked his head. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. That was that was bocce. But B- yeah. bocce ball. But um, Hangman Danielson, too, also makes the list. Yeah, um, that was my though, top AEW match of the year. Thus yeah, far. Yeah, yep. yeah, you know, that one again, um, like solidified hangman and, uh, you know, in, in a run that's been like booked, not as good as Kenny. I don't want to say book bad, but book not as good as Kenny Omega. 
you know, mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, you know, th- th- this is a high point and this, and it was a legitimizing thing. Um, good story beat. And so, yeah, no, that definitely made it um, to no round doubt. out, to round out AEW FTR young bucks, best, my favorite yep. tag team match of the year. Um, and I think that really was like a big instrument FTRs kind of current uh, re ascent. And uh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And um, that uh, definitely, uh, you know, again, like all TV stuff too for aew and i mean we've yeah. only had we've only had revolution the I wanted, one, yeah i wanted to put cm punk and mjf on there but uh no i don't think like i, I couldn't get conscious put it over these three superior uh wrestling matches i would say okay okay yeah. and then uh we veer into wrestlemania territory with territory uh <laughs> with, with with uh cody and seth you know oh yeah I can't believe cody made this twice Hey, how about that? You're a big yeah, Cody yeah. guy now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, respect to him, you know, like. Uh, For sure. And they just had a rematch on Backlash last night that was every yeah. bit as good as that match, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah, also yeah. very so good. So I heard, I, 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 you know, at least everything I've read about Backlash, you know, it, it was uh, pretty good. <laughs> I just watched that and the that and the main event, which was the six-man between Roman and the Usos against RK Bro and Drew, which both were good. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. No, that sounds like a good matchup. And then my last one, I got to go with McAfee and Austin Theory just for the sheer spectacle. And that's yeah. one of the most, like, like you know, a, a definite, like, high water, everyone together watching wrestling fun point, you know? Like, I wasn't our, sure if you'd pick that or the jackass match because i know you i mean we were all fans of both watching it in no, the moment no. as well. well well this one like just paid heed to like wrestling in general because they had the stone cold in the vent stuff and like it's hard to like put jackass over that you know because like yeah. that's just jack you know that they're they're mtv <clears throat> movie guys and uh no like that the mcafee austin theory seemed to be much more of a celebration of wrestling in wrestling history and uh you know that's why oh, yeah. it definitely had to be on there beyond that, but uh, those awesome. are th- those have been, those are my five favorite, and here's to many many more. Uh, double nothing. It's in what three weeks, so yeah, it'll be here before we know it. See what Sweet. happens. Yeah, it'll be great. <laughs>